BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Misfit Toys. Hey, how are you? You're good? Well, let's get right to it. You see, it's a long episode. There's a reason. So uh, Jeff Tate was on the show today, and also a new friend and a new guest, Hayden Johnson. Now, I saw Hayden perform in L.A. We talk about where in the show, so I don't have to get into it now. And I thought she was really funny. Uh, And I thought there were a lot of funny comedians there that night. But also, one of the things that she talked about in, in her act is transitioning. And I really wanted to have her on the show, just number one, for being a funny person, and also for that subject alone, which, you know, I, I, there's so many questions. And, um, of course, and, and by the way, she was just the best, funny, easy to be around, just a really kind, you can tell when you meet people and they're kind souls, And I really liked her a lot. We hung out afterwards. Now, of course, I woke up today and I had like what I call podcast hangover. And these are some of the concerns that I had. And I thought if I say them, then then of course, it'll make me feel better. One was, do, do I spend so much energy on the people that are fighting this whole thing? You know, people that are transitioning, non-binary, I call it, you know, like the whole umbrella. Um, do I, did I spend too much time fighting, addressing people that are fighting it, as opposed to people that they're not fighting it at all? They just have a lot of questions, or that confuses me. And how do you say that? And I thought, why didn't you put more energy into that? Well, I have to remind myself, Todd, there's always next time. And I did, we probably did ask some, answer some of those questions. But you know what? I did the best job that I could do. And, uh, Again, there always is next time. And I always read emails and, I, and I, I read them and I learn a lot from the emails. People usually email you. They're very kind. Sometimes it could be just someone saying, hey, by the way, uh, and, we, and we even talked about some of this in the show. Uh, here's a better way to say that. And, 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 I'll cha- and, and I could read these emails and change. And, and, uh, and uh, so, so I, you know, I, look, we had a really, uh, a really good time and... Uh, I hope within just being silly and being having fun, we also breached that subject and uh, and did some justice to it. And uh, there we go. Um, I hope you enjoy the show and um, you're great and I love you 
and happy birthday if it's your birthday. I don't know if there's much more I can say. I guess we'll get to the show. You know Toronto, I'm coming your way in August. A a far, far shout, but for October, I'm going to be at the Vermont Comedy Club. There's some other dates, but I just wanted to give those two a quick shout out. And most importantly, uh, August 9th at Typewriter Dynasty at 10 o'clock show with the great Cam Kavinsky. Cam's going to open up and do like 20 minutes, and then I'm going to do the whole show with the band. It's going to be an event. So here we go. I'll throw to the show to our new friend Hayden Johnson, Jeff Tate, and we now join the Todd Glass show. Vinny made fun of me. He goes, when you say you throw to the show, you just do that. He goes, it's sort of adorable. I go, I'm adorable. Oh, my God, thank you. I love being adorable. So, and I go, you're right. I just say that because I don't know. Growing up, I would hear them go, you now join the Price is Right already. And so I go, I can say that too. So you now join the Todd Glass Show already in progress. Bye. That is moving. We have officially started the show. Let's uh, come in with this. The bigger the show, the bigger the intro. That's what someone told me years ago. Yes, is one of our favorites. He's making his 68th appearance on the show. The son of Maureen and Paul Glass. Todd grew up in a small town outside Philadelphia, a town that knew nothing of show business. But the popular Conestoga High School student had a revelation while hosting the senior class variety show three years in a row. He loved to perform. Todd appeared locally at Smokey Joe's Talent Night every Tuesday. And like a Roman candle, it wasn't long before his career was shooting skyward, brightly lighting the Hollywood sky. Todd has appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone eight times, People Magazine 12 times, and Good Housekeeping once. However, Todd is best known for his work with underprivileged children, having donated millions of dollars to charities all over the world, all without taking a single tax Two, deduction. two, testing. This is an exciting night for us, because tonight, for the first time ever, the most handsome man in all of show business, with a head of hair to die for, and cheeks that every grandma wants to squeeze, has agreed to share with us his beautiful singing voice. Even... Can I point something out to the people listening? The reason it's a long intro is because it's a good, it's professional. His most adoring fans will be surprised to know that Todd has written over 7,000 songs, 80 of them today, plus four poems and a limerick. And his iPod has over 4,000 tunes on it. His new CD, Todd Glass, In Your Face, The Way You Like It, is number two on the charts, and it has not even been recorded yet. Ladies and gentlemen, a man that needs no introduction, Mr. Todd Glass. Wow, it's a fun night here. It's exciting. It's not like other shows. They suck. All the other shows, okay, that's a wrap. We, uh, this is shit. I, that, well, we just, that's nothing. Why am I yelling? I start so... Now listen, before we get to our guests, two guests tonight, we do have one thing we need to plug. Wow, it's exciting news. Zach Galifianakis on the Talk Glass show this week. Oh, next week. Shit. God. Hey, if you're going to do these shit jingles for me, Lynn, get the goddamn week right. How do you think Hayden feels sitting across from me and he's got to hear the wrong jingle? The whole show's shit. I love you. Here we go. Let's take in this, Jeff Tate, Hayden Johnson. Hayden, hey, Hayden. Wow. Hey, Hayden, hey, Hayden. Hold on, I'm going to start it over. 
I'm going to tell Lynn this right now. He doesn't listen to the show. The guy that does these, Joe does. This guy never listens. I know he doesn't. He's a good friend of mine. This thing that you put on your voice. Well, I'm not a yelling guy. This thing that you put on your voice. Your voice is better without it, Lynn. I just want to let you know that. But that's all we have tonight. Thanks for fucking up my show with your stupid songs. <laughs> He's like my best friend. I try to make a big deal. Papa. I'm gonna let it I'm gonna let this breathe. You know this? I want to see how long he goes. He says Johnston at the end. Listen, he fucks up. Tell me if you hear it later. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is there ahead. any chance you would make this your ringtone? Uh, if you send it to me, I'll make it my ringtone right now. <laughs> I think he doesn't know the words. I might just do this. Yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I fade them out, but once in a while I go, how long does he actually go? So that's what I want to know. Part's not going to be my boo, ringtone. Everybody, boo, 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 boo. boo. Come on, boo. guys. He tries boo. hard. Boo, 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 uh. boo, <laughs> You can't get it. By the way, in the history of the show, that's never happened before. Hi, Hayden. Well, that's a terrible way to introduce me, I think. <laughs> no, it's happened before. <laughs> that one I knew was coming because he apologized. He was, I think I said Johnston by accident at the end. It's okay. Sometimes nothing happens. Maybe at your, if you, at your wedding you could uh, dance yeah. to this. I'll walk down the aisle. With this. Oh my God! Let me try. Here's how loud it would have to be, though. Watch this. Right? Bum 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 bum. Maybe that's too much. Nothing's ever felt more romantic to me than uh, this right here. It's nice, right? <laughs> yeah. So let me start slow. Okay. Start slow. And I, you know, every week, I don't get nervous, but I get anxious. And tonight I have a million questions, so I'm probably extra in a, in a, in a very good way, but extra. Like, I want to go slow. I want to think it out. So Hayden Johnston, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Tate. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what did I do wrong? You said Hayden Johnston. I no, I didn't. No, I did. I did. I did. It's because of the song. You fucking pile of shit. It's because of the song, right, Lynn? He's a pile of shit. I've never seen him. He now. is a pile of shit. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. You know, if I know people listen to the show, I find pure joy, which Lynn does. 
and I find just so much joy that I know he's going to have us all in his ears, and he's got a, and he and he giggles because it's all from love. You pile of shit. He, meanwhile, he takes his time, does a song, makes a mistake, and just has to hear me as he's walking down the street. He listens to the show as he's jogging. You fucking slow piece of shit. Tell him to pick it up, everybody. Pick it up. Pick Run it up. Faster, Run faster, honestly. Lynn. You you walk around. You know what people look out the window? They go, oh, "Who's the ninety-year-old that?" Which the, is the beginning of the show. He just yeah. started. Beginning of what show? That's the beginning of this show. He just started running. Oh, that's true. We got yeah. to give him some more encouragement in about an hour. Make sure. Yeah, your you're right. You know what, tied. Lynn? Make sure your shoelaces are untied. Yeah. Lynn, Lynn. <laughs> I hope you're la- you're going, oh, of course my shoelaces are tied. And then you trip on it, you get a cranial hemorrhage, bleed out in the middle of the street, and your whole family has to watch you die. And then who's going to write the song? And then who's going to do my songs? That's all I care about. Who's going to do my songs then? What an interesting situation where his whole family has to watch it. Why would one of them call somebody? You know, one time I got mad at somebody. <laughs> yeah, why do you have to watch it? You have to make... Sometimes it's fun to make bits make sense. Like, why do they... Because I saw a friend of mine, Kevin Sullivan, years ago get mad at a heckler. Oh, he goes, don't be sarcastic. It's not the time. Okay. <laughs> uh, someone annoyed him, and he goes, I hope your hands get to the heckler in the audience. I hope your hands get caught in the garbage disposal, and there's no one around to help you get them out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's the best, because it's so... Just just picture the fingers getting cut up and everything. Anyway, oh, no, so Jeff Tate is here. Jeff, because I don't want you to feel left out before we start. You like this song, right? Yeah. This is Night Court. On the Top Glass Show, it's Jeff Tate. Oh. That's it right. Oh. Yes. On the Top Glass Show, it's Jeff Tate. Yours got cut short because we're going to play it later. No, that's fine. No, you know what? I could tell you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe gets mad, too. He's yeah, like, but it's about something else. Oh no! Don't say that. I got some bad news. Did you stock market? You oh shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix. You know you're loved right here. Yeah, yeah. I have great affection for you. Right. You're a good person. Tell the the stock market. Remember when I met you? Act together. Stop. You're not. Do you do you have money in the stocks? Of course not. I don't know anything. Yeah, me neither. Do you do you know anything about it? What are you, are you looking at me right now? I yeah, know right. Sucks. I know. No, I know. Some people think, oh, you know nothing, so I know how to talk to you about it. Just talk about the bare minimum. I go, no, I don't even know that much. No. You think I know, like, a little. So, no, I don't know stocks. I still don't get it. On a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being you get it the most, where would you say you were at? I'd say I feel like six i feel like past oh. five i used to edit these financial literacy courses in college um for this for this old rich guy and he talked about stocks and i had to watch it over and over again. so you know okay. more than you even want to know maybe yeah honestly but uh, you're not you've never invested in stocks no i've never Me invested and what about you I've scale one to ten ten you just you're the best of the best all right on a scale of one to ten how much do i know about the stock market yeah. i would have to say that my knowledge of the stock market is such that think about I don't it even i wouldn't even i don't even understand the one to ten scale no shut <laughs> <laughs> like that's where i'm at like it's like uh, what is there less than zero when you say something like that you know what we do play the song <laughs> jeff kate everybody on the top glass show Every time somebody does explain it to me, I don't understand how it's legal. 
Like, it's, it feels like a scam. I try hard to understand. But you're right. It's very... Wait, because it's sold to us. You know, it, like, even when I go to talk about it, I know, all I know about it is what you hear peripherally, you know? Mm-hmm. And it does... It's very, like... I don't know. My mind couldn't... I could never... Could never wrap myself around. Right, it. you put your money into it. You hope they go up. You hope they don't go down. And I'm already doing that with airplanes, <laughs> so I don't <laughs> want to do that with anything else <laughs> that costs five hundred dollars. On the top glass show, it's just right, I gotta stop with this. It ends really scary. It does. Uh, well, that's a choice, because I put the reverb in, and I'm not playing with these buttons. You know what Aristotle told me? He usually does this job here. He goes, Todd, I should just take away this from you. Right. Because ever since during the pandemic, I started doing the board, the reverb. I used to have to go, Aristotle, reverb. I had a sign. Reverb. But now I have the reverb. I'm like, hmm, I like having the reverb, but it's, it, I don't need it. So let me put this away. Um, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. We saw, we, I saw you perform. I'm going to go nice and slow. Got it. That's why I don't want to do too much with the jingles, because I can get excited later in the show. Let's start. Shh. That's good. The jingles are fast. They are fast. They are fast. Shh, Todd. Shh. <laughs> so, first of all, I know compliments are hard sometimes, but just take them and, you know, and, and, and you could look down. I could even lower the lights. Sometimes when I compliment people, I turn the light out. <laughs> okay. Because it's awkward. But that, that whole night, Let's start where I saw you perform. And what was the name of that place? That was, um, oh, I'm going to. Do, do you know brain, the? It was Brain Dead Studios. Brain Dead Studios. Okay. And then they had a night of comedy. Yes. Right. And the open mic is called. Skin Tag Open Mic. Right. Skin I Tag knew, Open I Mic. I knew the name of it. I just don't like saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's the, and it's I'm going to make this short, I promise. <laughs> but it'll give you context of what it was like for me to go there. Is that like. I disagree with the majority of comedians, and I've talked about this on the show a lot, so don't worry, I'll make it short, that comedy isn't what it used to be. I think it's great. Most people that say that, they're not submerged in it. To really know what's going on, you have to be, you have to know what's going on. Yeah. That's why when I was doing comedy, when I started in the 80s, there were comedians from the 60s that were like, comedy's not what it used to be, and they were wrong, and they're wrong now, too. It's just not, you don't even have to debate it. You have to just go, oh, it's sad. I... Because I can't argue anymore. It's not. It's not the way it fucking goes. It's not up for conversation. It's to me. It's in the category of the world is flat. Right. It really is. Uh, evolution doesn't work that way. Comedy gets better and better. But but I hear it all the fucking time. Right. So when I went to that comedy night, my friend. Nick, do you know Nick Harris? I don't know Nick. Harris. Nick Harris is a, a newer manager, and he goes out six nights a week to see comedy. And I go, good for you, because that's the way you know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. So. I'm sitting there, it's a great atmosphere, and then I saw so much great comedy and, uh, and, and, and diversity all over the gambit. And I always say diversity is not a mercy mission. It makes the crowds better. It makes yeah. the crowds better because it's representing life. That's what the fucking world is right now. And, um, and a lot of funny people. And then you, and then, okay, so, so I'm watching it, and I always have a way of turning joyous moments into anger. I don't know, you know, I get why. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? You can't say anything anymore? I just saw a whole fucking bunch of really funny people say a lot of shit that you couldn't even say five years ago. Of course you could, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. did anybody? Was it too scary? And I'm sitting in a room, and I'm here. 
And the next time someone says, oh, you can't say anything anymore, I think I might leap at them and choke them. And if I'm going to be a madman, I'm going to take someone out because I can't hear it anymore. And I'm sitting there uh, almost overwhelmed. Everyone was funny and... Um, it was really enjoyable, and I was sitting there. I went over to the bench. I was just really enjoying a lot of funny people, good energy, a lot of love, absolutely, a lot of love. Absolutely. And then you went up, and you and 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 you talked about transitioning. Yeah. And he did it like it was so fucking funny, and it was a, you know everything has to be funnier than preachy, funnier. That's my goal, and I believe me, I I miss the mark a lot, but it's sort of I don't know who told me this once, but things should be like. Funnier than uh, a crass. It can be crass. It just has to be funnier, and then you won't even. And then the whole thing you just talked about. It seems so. Yeah. Here's what's. This is. This is what life is now. And you did it. and It was funny. And it was like. I was like. It got me excited. And you did it. And like funnier than preachy. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. talking about your fucking life. And as you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, of course. I never thought about that. That's oh yeah, because I had this experience coming out. But for that. Experience. It's, oh, I never thought. Of, oh my god! So it was really funny, and it was really inspiring, and it put me in such a fucking good mood to go. Yeah, comedy is gonna be great, you know. So there you go. Yeah, no, thank you so much. That's um, I mean that's huge for. I that's sort of what I just want to do. You know, that's what I uh, am really excited about when I write jokes and when I go and perform, and actually getting that feedback is really amazing. Well, good because it was, um, you know, I talked about it for a while. I didn't, I didn't even, I kept forgetting the name of the night, so I'd have to text Jeff. What was the name? <laughs> but um, skin tag open mic. I'll plug it again. And it was I someone's I mean, birthday. Great. Yes, it was Taylor's birthday. Yeah, Taylor Ortega. And there were a lot of funny people. I was, I was really, you know, I was sitting there with the nicest crowd. Of course, I'm thinking, wow, I'd love to go on. But then, since I wasn't, I didn't have to get nervous. So I was just enjoying it from the perspective of just sitting back and watching it. But um, it, did, it, it was like, it was a, a rare L.A. night where you're like, oh, I want to be part of this. Like, yeah. I want to be on this side of it. I want to be right. on that side. Like, I want to be part of the performers. Yeah. Like, because the crowd was, like, there was a good crowd. It was. And the lighting was good. You know, my favorite part of the night when the sh kitchen, in a very cool-looking kitchen, even though it was showing, it was very artsy-looking. It was. It was cute. Yeah, it wasn't like you look into a dirty kitchen. It was a very artsful kitchen. But when the lights went out in there and then the show, like, then there was only one thing lit, the stage. And people were funny in their material, but I could just tell some people were just funny in their bones. Like, right. you know those people, you're like, oh, you can tell they're up on stage for two minutes. You're like, oh, this fuck's funny. Yeah. You know? And they're just filled with charisma. So right. Many of them. Yeah, yeah. I wish I remembered all their names, but they would go up, and some of them I'd be sitting next to, and then they would go up, and I'd be like, "Oh, that funny fuck." And then when I said, "Hey, you're funny," I thought they just thought like, "Oh, who's who's this guy coming in from Residia, <laughs> telling me my comedy's funny?" Um, so it was a fun night. It was a really fun night. I have an idea, and then we're gonna start. Oh, I got so many goddamn questions. No, no, go ahead. And you know what? They say the only way to not to fail is to not be honest. So I'm gonna put this out there. I'm very excited to be to ask you a ton of questions. Yeah. And we asked before the sh because I thought some some people might depending on where they're at in that transition might not want to talk about it. And I would imagine some do, you know. Mm -hmm. Um so I had Jeff ask you, you know, if you want to just come on, I said if you if she wants to come on and just be funny, that's fucking great too. But I, I was hoping that you go no ask away, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I think the way that I do comedy and like I 
you know, comedy is art, and I want to put that into it, and this is an extension of that. And so right. if I can make any sort of difference, I don't pretend to know everything. Lots of trans people have a totally different experience than me. Right. But I can at least speak to what I have been through and am going through right now, and I can give some perspective on that. Which is all I, which is great, which is really great. And some things I'm going to ask you how I score on when, it, when I first got introduced to, you know, like about, I guess started you know, around five years ago, it seemed you'd hear about it more and more. And what I would tell people, and I, I'm going to ask you later, how, how was my guess at that? Because sometimes you could have the cause in good heart, but someone hears you defending it goes, I wish you wouldn't say that. You know, so I'm like, I'm curious. So, but, yeah, but yeah. let me go nice and slow. So, um, so, uh, and tell me if you, this is true. Like, you know, when I hear people say, oh, if you just ask a question about it, they get you, uh, everyone, and I go, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, I you're, like, you're yelling at the top of your lungs that you disagree with it. Yeah, and I think that you can sort of tell, like, what kind of, you know, I, I know a lot of people who worry about this word, but, like, energy, um, you know, if somebody's coming to you and they're, like, asking you a question in a way that feels very condescending or sort of, like, attack, it, like, you know, that, that you don't want to respond to that. You don't want to engage with that because they're just not going to listen to you. But if somebody is actually open and willing to listen... That's, I think, a completely different thing. Yeah, sometimes it's not a real question. Sometimes it's a way to start. It's a fight. It's a way to start the fight, yeah. That's exactly. what my friend Eric said about being a vegetarian or a vegan. He goes, so he goes finally, I got ahead of myself. And somebody goes, hey, what about a party? He goes, are you asking me, because I'm uh, whatever you do is fine, but are you asking me because you really want to know, or you, do you have like an argument ready, already prepared about iron? Mm -hmm. And he goes, it just, it, you know what I mean? It just stopped it right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always, you know, I always say that, like, you know, look, there is some detective work to opinions. And mm -hmm. you rule out probable doubt. You rule out. That's what they do. They rule out things. It doesn't mean it couldn't happen, but you rule it out. And whenever I hear someone go, oh, you just ask a question, which often confused with yelling at the top of your lungs that it's all bullshit. That's what they call a question. Right. Just bringing it up. Let's rule out probable cause here. Okay, this is a group of people that want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Now, could there be some one person? Yeah, okay, but we're talking about the masses. They want to be heard. And you're claiming you're asking questions. Don't you think that would melt their heart? So you, you have to think about it. Were they questions that you were asking? You know what I mean? Or were you yelling about? Do you, do you, does that make yeah, sense? No, uh, trans people want to be listened to. Uh, I think that's huge. Um, definitely aren't trying to avoid any engagement with people. I know a lot of people you know, don't have anyone in their lives who have experienced this. And... You know, in my in my experience so far, at least, like being close with somebody and coming out as trans will make a big difference in their perspective. Of it. A lot of people just have never talked to a trans person or met one or, you know, in the same with like a gay person. Like it's just you don't have any sort of perspective on it. So your instinct is to lash out. Right. And it, and it is hard because I know people want to go, well, to be gay, you're not. You're not getting an operation. But, I mean, I always go, please, mm -hmm. trust me, the same arguments were used. Like, yeah. we've been through this before, you know, and... And, mm -hmm. um, and and I'll also say that not all trans people have an operation. I think a lot of people choose to uh, not do that, um, whether that is, you know, facial feminization surgery, bottom surgery, uh, breast implants. And this is all just for trans women, but... Um, a lot of people choose to forgo that uh, or they just they feel like they identify as a woman, but they don't necessarily want to 
or they don't necessarily have the money or like there's uh, so many reasons that you can choose to not alter uh, your actual body. Okay. But so this is getting very explainy right no, now. No, no, no. It's like, let me tell you something. All I'm thinking here is, Todd, slow down, let Hayden talk, you know, and make sure you ask some good questions. Because, no, I'm, I'm, I, I love this. And, and um, one thing, tell, tell me how, how you think, like, what, what are the, because I think this will help anybody listening that's trying to understand it. I, I told my friend who's, who's having difficulty with this, you don't have to understand it 100%. You don't have to understand when you go to the doctor. Do you understand that 100%? You go to repeat. But if you have the causes back, if, you're in, if you go get it and it's part of evolution and you're not mad at it and you just slowly learn, then... Hold on, what was my point? <laughs> I mean, I, I would say, like, you know, at the end of the day, for anyone who... Like, we are just all people who are trying to find happiness. Um, and we feel like we can get that through a certain way and it, it's it has not a ton to do with anyone else it's just asking for kind of like basic respect um and if you don't get it all that's fine there's google and there's the todd glass show and that's where <laughs> you can get all your information um, i always try to think because i can start yelling i don't want to come off snarky because then i'm just the tucker carlson of maybe what i perceive to be the gentler side. I don't think you can really talk about Well, it's flippidness. It's flippidness. <laughs> yeah, you don't have but the hair for it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has good hair. He has better hair. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to go. If someone wasn't so hateful, are they good looking? He, probably, yes. If he was like a, just a sweet, nice person. He probably, I mean, he looks yeah. like the guy you got to beat in every 80s teen comedy. He does. Like he's the guy built. He's the guy that already has the good boat, and you have to make one. <laughs> he's the one that's a real good skier, and you got to learn how. I find it so interesting that he can't grow a beard. I, I think that's so bizarre. You Why know? has he tried? I don't know, but he just doesn't have one. Shouldn't he have one? He's the he, he's the most alt right guy. Well, he uh, took off the bow tie. Don't ask him to go nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he took his stuff with the bow tie. So so um, I'm asking. Oh, so hold on. I'm, I'm going to pause because I can edit this. I don't edit it, but, uh, but I'll think. I want to ask us because it was Someone heading it edit it. in a direction. Um, we talk, this is the uh, edit mark right here. Yeah, you know what? I might take a picture. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't want, I don't want Aristotle to have to edit the show. So. <laughs> should at least edit out the clap. <laughs> the, the audience will hear all this. They'll know already. They're like, I guess they didn't edit it out. <laughs> No, when, I, when I try to think, I don't want to yell at people, because I know that the, that's where I was at. Mm -hmm. So I try to think of a kind way, and I just had this situation with a friend of mine that thought I was going to bond with her about how much of a pain in the ass it is, this whole thing. And I went, I'm trying not to say her name, but I asked her, I said, because I don't want to just, I'm trying to think, what would change her mind? Like, I don't want to just yell at her, I don't want to be, be like snarky, but like, and I was like, is there anything good about this? I go, let me widen this. To me, it's not just about transitioning. It's a, move, it's a movement, whatever you want to call it, just shredding the confines of fucking things we're told we can do. Is there anything you... Okay, you have this you're confused about, and that you're confused about. I get it. I get, I get, let's, let's go back to it. Anything, and be honest with me, 
that you're excited about? Because a straight white guy can benefit by this movement. It's just things you tell yourself you can do and you can't. Everybody. And I go, be honest with me. And I'm not asking in a snarky way. And I'm trying not to say the name because I do slip to. And I really did. My tone was even lower. I said, I know you're not going to want to say no, but like, is there anything about this that's exciting that you're glad you're young enough to be in this world and, and, and participate? And the answer was not no, but it wasn't. And, that, and I go, and I thought to myself, I didn't want to be snarky. I thought inward, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, is there right? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I, I don't know. I think that the just, just about, like, the queer movement sort of and, like, uh, trans people moving forward, I think that not only, you know, I, I think there are certain people who are always going to be on, like, the forefront of like pushing things forward, you know, like their, um, and their culture, I guess, is going to sort of move upwards into the mainstream. So by letting, you know, trans people express themselves, we're all getting to a better place of self-expression and we're all feeling more comfortable with who Why? we are. How can that not, like, and that's I, exciting. I don't want to be snarky, but I want to look at a friend of mine that's had, and go, I think, complacency is as powerful as heroin because I know that I'm making sense when I look at people and go, anything exciting? When you just even go, it's not the way evolution works. Come on. Like, with love in my heart, I want to turn to my friend and go, you know what we were 300 years ago. You know what we were. You didn't think it was going to stop at your last growth spurt with gay marriage, did you? Like, you, you have to go, okay, I asked my friend, she made a bad choice with gay marriage 30 years ago. That's not to be judged. But I wanted to say to her, and I didn't, you know you made that choice, and you know you, you affected a lot of people's life, but that's okay, you got good with that. But I don't know if you really did, I wanted to say, because wouldn't you, if you did, at the next crossroads in life, go, okay, I know what I did 30 years ago with gay marriage. Now we have this new movement coming along. Am I going to do the same exact thing and fight this with fury? And she is. Yeah. And I want to go, well, so you don't remorse, you don't get the damage you left behind or you would this time you'd be going, oh, no, no, this time I'm not doing that. I'm going to listen. I'm going to ask questions. That's hard for me to communicate with that person. Yeah, I mean, people like holding, um, you know, trying to push back against something that's changing. I think you're always going to end up kind of looking stupid in the end because, I mean, progress is progress. It's never, you know what I say to people? What was the last, that's why I give what a group wants before I understand it. Mm -hmm. Because I use some stats And I go, okay, what group in the history that I can remember, for me, I always go back to the 50s. Some people, you know, 60s. What group asked for something that years later you went, more and that was too much? It's usually the opposite. You're like, oh, it's everything they just deserved. So when everybody's asking for anything, I go, well, I'm not going to make a mistake if I... And I don't know if... Do you look at it that way? I say to other people, like, it's you're not going to regret this. Yeah. um, I I just, like, there's no... I don't think there's ever been a time when... You know, you've you've chosen the progressive side, and you've realized that no, we need to be more conservative, or we need to put people more in a box, or like we need to hold people back more. Like that's that's never going to be the solution in the end. And I, I love the look in your face as you're saying that because it mirrors what I'm saying. Like you get it. Like the fact that you were able to say that. Like, and that's what I go. That's why I'm not saying in the snarky way that I think this is somewhat like a drug addiction because. 
Mm-hmm. If I tried to get you today, which I might explain some details to try, I don't think we're going to, I'm going, look, even if we don't talk about this, which we will, mm-hmm. you see what you just said, the progression of every time there's a group. And we call, and then I always say this, I go, and then there's the group that we're like, oh, I'm all for progression, but this is too far. I go, go look at the too far list from the 60s, what the women wanted that was too far. Go look at what men, gay people wanted, and you go, well, too far. Not, you know what I mean? They'll tell you, oh, no, I'm all on board for this, but now they're going too far. That's mm-hmm. what people are doing. Same thing today, 50 years later. They're going, no, no, I'm a progressive person. I'm not, but this is too far. Go look at what the too far list looks like 30 years later. It never looks too far. So whatever you think is too far, if you weren't in your own way, you'd be able to go, okay, I, I'm going to, this is probably not too far. It feels like yeah. there's, like, you can change your mind without actually having growth. And it sounds like this person you're talking about changed their mind about something, but there wasn't any actual growth. I don't. I. That's a great up. question. I wondered. Well, the very next time. How do up, they feel the about? Say that again. Yeah. The very next time something like that came up, she had the same reaction she had the first time, where she and she eventually changed her mind on the first one. So, do we just have to wait for? Not. And this isn't like. This is a person. I have no idea who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know you know. But this person is a stand-in for a lot of people. Do we really have to wait for 15 more fucking years for you to change your mind on this? If you change your mind on that, how do you not remember? And so they might go, they might, in the way? and they might sit here now and start going the c- comparisons, like going, well, you can't compare that to that. One of the did. running themes is a group of people, if you're not in your own way and you're listening to this, we don't have to explain detail by detail. But I'm going to give you the opportunity, any listening person right now, with love, you see what we're talking about. There's a history of people wanting rights. They get fought. And, and overwhelmingly, that, like same thing with kids. It's going to hurt kids. Go look at the history of that before we even chew up what's at the table. We have used it's going to hurt kids. Now, most things, it's going to hurt kids, it's going to hurt kids. 30 years later, you go, oh, never. It never was hurting kids. So that that... So I say the same thing with this. Like, what? Yeah. Why are you fighting this? I mean, you know what? You know what hurts kids? Guns. Yeah, and pre and, and the church. And, yeah, it's yeah. not any of the stuff they try to fight. It's the stuff they're upholding is what actually yeah. does the damage. You know, people are trying to put. I mean, I, I think the thing is again is just like every they want people to be in a box. They want everything very. Ex- easily explained they want kids to just like this is what you are this is what we'll give you da 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 one two three and uh, people are all more complex than that and i think that just giving a kid the freedom to express themselves through clothing from what they're interested in like any of that that's only going to make the kid happier and that's going to cause the kid to repress less things (laughs) Uh, Probably I, I if you know. could convince the American public, this has to do with what you just said, yeah. that you're, I, I try to use non-accusatory words. Instead of hate, I use misinformation. Because mm-hmm. look, they're doing what we're doing. They're just feeling, they're just saying what they feel. But if you saw how it affected people, I'm not saying that if we could like wave a magic wand over the world and everyone would be accepting of everybody, mm-hmm. that there'd still be people that dealt with depression. Of course there would be. But a lot. Our, our medical costs, we f- mind fuck a lot of people. That costs the American taxpayer a lot of money, making people feel less than. Of course it fucks up with everyone's psyche and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you just said about, um, you said something very specific about... Uh, uh, putting people in boxes. Okay. 
and again, you know, forgive me when you bring something up. You bring up you're bringing up a lot of things that I have like tried to have when I do this podcast over the years, talking to the mic, and I think I'm saying it's so clean for someone to to change. And here's what I said about that. You said the boxes. Is that this is like three years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I said, I don't even know how I would score. I'm asking you, you know, this is three years ago, and here's what I was saying. I go, I don't understand it yet, but let me ask you this. You know, there's like like a hundred thousand, you know, there's a hundred types of beetles. There's a beetle, then there's 50 types of beetles. There's grass, there's a hundred thousand types of grass. There's, there's so many things on this earth. There's the A, and then there's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, any, anything, an insect, a snake, and there's hundred, but what, what do you, what, be honest, come on, don't just, if you want to be right, I'll shut up right now. But if you, if I say something that makes sense, this is what I would say on the podcast, and you don't have the ability to go, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. But if it does, here's your opportunity to prove if you can get out of your own way. But what are the odds? A billion to micro, you know, everything. There's there's one, and then there's there's dogs, and there's a hundred dogs. Does it sound right to you or laughable to go, okay, now for humans, we'll have men... And we'll have women. Okay, everybody should be able to identify in that group and live a very healthy, happy life. Okay, we're all done now. Okay, we'll add gay people. We're not adding any. Doesn't that sound, if you're not in your own way, anybody that has a problem with this, to me, should go, okay, okay, I want to grow as I get older. That made a lot of fucking sense. Right. No, the sarcasm of it. Men, women. Okay, we're all done. Okay, let's break for lunch. Everybody should be, be able to live a healthy life. Of course you go if you're not insane. Of course you can't. Of course you can't fit into two goddamn boxes. <laughs> and if you don't if you don't hear that and hear the me yelling and be able to go okay it, it does make sense. Yeah, and you know I really do I get the pushback that people have when I I came out as gay first. Um and I was coming to terms with that when I was like 15. And I remember that I, I remember being like Oh well, you know, like I might be gay, but I'm not going to be one of those gays. And like, you know, I think I think you always have that period of time where you go, well, I want to fit in with society as much as I like. Maybe this is true about me. Maybe I don't fit into the box, but I still want to fit in with the rest of society as easily as possible. So I'm going to push back against everything else. And I get that. I get that it's hard to overcome that for yourself, but I don't know. From my own experience, it is, I am so, so much happier not pushing back against just the things that will make me happy just for the benefit of other people, of people who don't matter in my life. How about with your parents? How is it with your parents? Um, honest, I mean, it's it's been tough. I think they're trying to come to terms with a lot of things about me um and you know I, I i will say like it's it's hard to come out i mean i'm sure as you know uh it, it's just it your parents are there and i think at the end of the day my parents really love me there's just things that they don't understand and i think that they at also just want the best life for me you know and the easiest life for me is a life where, you know, I stay in the closet forever and I wear, you know, that's the easiest in terms from their perspective. But like for me, you know, it's the easiest thing 
for me and I think for anyone is to just live as the person that you you know you are and you want to be and just to follow that. When I when I when I was saying before that um I always say straight white people can benefit by this too cuz I look at it as a movement. And you know, you you can be you can be straight and white and still limit yourself to what you like to do as a hobby. Maybe you want to play football and design dresses. Maybe you want to cut it. So, so everybody can benefit by this. Um, one of the things that frustrates me, and I'm curious of your, what you feel about this, is that like sometimes I have this fantasy with a person, I'm having a discussion, and I go, oh, I'll argue with you, but I'm not arguing with you yet. I need to to, to figure out your stance first. And one of the things that bothers me is when someone goes, oh, today you can't even be a, a man, or they, oh, a kid can't even... And I get angry because that... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whisper instead of yell. That is not true. Look, rule out probable doubt. You go, oh, they, boy, they tell a boy you got to cry. No, they don't. Boys always cried. You're acting like we're running over to a little boy that cries and goes, you know you can cry. They always cried. But then mm -hmm. we told them little boys don't cry. They yeah. always like pink and blue and black and every color. If you had the best parent in the world, they would do it in a soft way. And I'm not painting these people villains. I'm just going, we learn, we grow, and you should look back and go, oh. Like, you go, oh, well, let's look at these little boy colors. They always liked wearing high heels. They always liked wearing dresses. Some did it as they got older. Some ended up they were gay. Some were just straight white males. Everybody does it. You're telling them they can't. And so I don't mind having an argument, but you gotta be you got to be able to get out of your own way and at least give me this to go, all right, we do say that a lot. Like, oh, you did. We don't, we're not molding them to be something you are. Yeah. You exactly. are. And, and, and don't try to make it look like we're running over a little kid that's wearing pants and going, you know, you can wear dresses, too. They're doing it, and you're molding them. So mm -hmm. and no one is saying you can. There's just a lot of people are saying you, you can. can't, and it's them. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, like if, if I knew a kid that wanted to wear a dress, I'm going to say, let's go find some. And somebody else is going to say you can't. Somebody else has right. been saying you can't. And, and they say that, you know, well to see the child out in the world. If he wears this to school, he's going to be ridiculed. But maybe if you saw what it felt like, and, and he will get ridiculed, and maybe if you looked at it on, on face value, you're right. You're gonna, he's going to get ridiculed. You might be able to prevent him from being ridiculed on Thursday at gym. But if you saw the big picture of what that's going to do to the child, you'd go, he'll take some ridicule, but it's worth yeah. it. I mean, oh, I, right? I, got, I got ridiculed. And but I, not I, ridiculed like if you went no, to no, school. No, no, I'm no, trying no. to. What, I, what yeah. I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, when I go back, like when I think back at school, uh, I would have been. Uh, it would have been much better to get ridiculed for who I was than just in general. Like it's going, it's just the like, school stuff happens, right. uh, and I, they don't. It's never gonna like. Mm -hmm. You would feel better if you at least feel like yourself. Right. Uh, we t we and you know we tell kids to ridicule like i i think all the everyone you know I, I was obviously ridiculed and i think like the the people who did that to me the guys who did that to me i played football for a long not a long time i played i wasn't very good but like the i remember the you know the guys who would really come out and i still have some good friends from doing that experience because those are people who you know grew but 
I think the people that really ridiculed me during that time, are, I see them now on social media or whatever, and they just seem very unhappy. And I think they seem very frustrated. And it's just because they've spent so much time believing that they have to be a certain way in order to be acceptable. And when you learn that you're not always going to be acceptable, I think life gets so much easier. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. Because they're doing like the That's good. People don't want to don't want to We both agree. empathize or whatever like think about it. They just they just think the whole thing is completely it's completely foreign to them, but everybody goes through where you don't like there are times when you're doing it you're doing something that you don't want to do because you're being pushed into it or there are times when you're doing something you don't want to do because you think that's what you should be doing or whatever and it, and your life gets right. better when you stop that and that's true for all of these that's true for right. every person and yeah. and a lot of times the and why would you why would you want to stop another person from doing that like your thing about your thing from earlier about is there anything exciting about it? Lower the bar. Is, does any of this even fucking affect you, lady? Well, like, well, just go look. Home. That again, I, and believe me, I'm with you with that. But I'm, I'm always trying to think. Okay, there's someone listening to the show, whether that happens or not, or someone that listens wants to send it to their aunt or their uncle that we talk respect. You know, I'm not saying you weren't. I'm yeah, just saying. Right. No, 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 no. No, you're hey, right. It's you're right, it no, you're it not. Help. It no, you're help not. To talk like we do that. both. We do both. Hey, the, you have to understand that it brings out rage in us sometimes, but. My a, a kid that works on the show. His name was Aaron, his name is Aaron Simon, and his mom is a, a psychologist. And she said something once that I really love, and it reminds me of a Pat Os Oswald joke, and it will launch us into w this thing here, is that there's something in therapy called you have to have interest in understanding. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she goes, "I'll separate people, the husband and the wife, and I'll go. You're not going to want to say no to this. I'm going to tell you already, but you, now's the time to be honest with me. Do you have interest in understanding your partner?" Are you done? Are you, do you have interest in understanding? And I'll give you an example of something I would say that I don't have interest in understanding your side. And I would, it would dignify people with saying I don't. I've made up my mind on that no hitting at all. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but you'll get why I bring it up real quick. I've made up my mind. So if someone said, can I tell the opposing view why sometimes spanking is good? 20 years ago, of course. I had to hear everything. But now I, I wouldn't, I would, I would dignify you with going, no, I've, I've made my decision. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that way about this whole, I keep calling it a movement or people that are, you know, uh, how they identify, if do you have interest in understanding, no, whoa, whoa, shh. that's how I fantasize saying to someone, think about it, sleep on it. Because you're not going to want to go, no, because you're not a mean, horrible person. So you're not going to want to go, no. But you might just move forward in a way that I'll look back and go, you don't have interest in understanding. And that's what I've learned with one person that goes, oh, the sports or the swimming team or this. I go, other than that, I know someone that I asked that. One night we're sitting at a restaurant and I go, other than the sports and the kid that was two that went through transition, that, that story, that, that anecdotal bullshit story mm -hmm. that you tell, yeah. other than that, how do you feel about it? And he said, oh, I don't care. And to me, that said everything. It's like, oh, you don't care. He thought that was a good... 
Meaning you don't care. You don't see the good side of it. You don't ever go put your hand to your heart and go, oh, yeah, other than the swim thing and the, the kid that, you know, they all have that story about someone going train. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you read about this 28-year-old that found their... They don't have any... They, so you don't really care. You don't want to say you don't have interest in understanding, but you don't. And real quick, and then I'll shut up. Pat Oswald had this joke, and it says it. It says, don't, don't exhaust me. Um... If someone said to me, you know my problem with gay people? I don't, two guys kissing is gross. He'd go, thank you. Because now we can have an honest conversation. Instead of having it about God or sports or a swim team. And that's how I feel about this. Like, just, if you don't have interest in understanding, don't exhaust people going through this. You know? Does that, does that? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think, like, especially when you're, when you're going to talk to somebody and you... I seriously like, and this I feel like this goes for so much stuff, but just like, if you lead with like your heart and just understanding that, you know, anyone who's going through something, whether they're trans or it's anything else, you know, they, they just want to be listened to. They just want to be heard and they just want to try to be understood. And if you can give them the attention and the love to just like listen and to just care about, them as a person and to put all the you know other bullshit aside for a second and talk to someone one-on-one -on -one, i think people uh, you know i think that's how we all kind of grow um and i get that it's hard you know you can't just go i don't don't go out and just find a trans person and go hey hey what's going on what's going on what's what do you what do you think about this but <laughs> if you're just like if you just try to understand if you just do the research, you know, you lead with your heart, I think you'll learn a lot. And, I, and I'm, as you're saying that, I'm sitting here fantasizing the few people in my life that I've, you know, some, I, I look, I can only hang out with them so much, I gotta tell you. After a while, I, I know it's better to have them in your life and you can't just get everyone out, but after a while, it's like, come on, if it's 1982 and you have a friend that doesn't think black people should marry white people, no one's gonna judge you if you went, hey, what, why don't you ever hang out with them anymore? I'll tell you why. They, they didn't think black people should marry white people. Me and your mother, hypothetically. You're not going to be judged for that. You're going to go, oh, that's because you were progressive. So some people I'm going to have to shed out of my life because I just don't crave being or someone around my fire pit in my backyard in the most personal situation that has these views. But I still imagine they're listening to this right now. And I know it's cocky. But I want to repeat the same thing we're going. Just pure evolution. Get out of your own way. Come on. We're, again, where no, do you think this was going? Where did you think this was going? Just with a chart and a graph <laughs> to what we were 100 years ago or 150 right. years ago. Come on. You should, if you're not in your own way, you should hear me saying this right now. Anybody listening, being able to get out of your own way with love, and I'm saying it with affection, and go, oh, yeah, of course it's going to... Where was it going to go? Where were we going to go? Look at where we were 100 years ago. And look at where we are now. What kind of bozo thinks it's going to progress for hundreds of thousands of years? And then, and stop, then stop in 88. in 2006. Oh, coincidentally, like when what? you were at the age where your mind was still moldable. That's yeah. the age most people want to go back to. Because it's like, you just thought it was going to stop in 88 or I mean, 92? There, there's, some, there's some progress that I'm against. But it's not social in any way. It is all technological. 
I would much prefer <laughs> I would much prefer to have the views of today and the technology of 1996. You know what? I'll agree with Jeff there. Um, I love trans people. I hate Tesla. Uh, there's progress right? that's great, and there's progress that's bad. Of course, I would sacrifice. <laughs> I would sacrifice and go. Like I would rather deal with going to Blockbuster than have Facebook exist. <laughs> Like if that's the trade off I'm willing to make, like I like. There but is but again, some that I will... again, I'm going to defend it. Like I'm defending this. I when I was talking to my friend, fill in the blank, she was just talking about people how they identify with you know uh, their pronouns and also and also people going through a transition. I widened it. I went okay, maybe that slice you're confused about. That's how I came to my thing with, you know, what do you what do you what, if you widen it? Are there any slices there? Okay, this one you have a problem with. And by the way, you have some great questions. We'll talk about it. But I wanted to find out before we go forward with that. Any slices? Oh, that I love. That I love. So if you take what that to what you're saying with technology, before you talk about the bad, there's a lot of good. Yeah, I can tell you what's good. Uber. No people. How about people <laughs> being able? How about a kid in Montana or a kid in fucking? anywhere uh, on the globe that can reach out and identify with somebody else and not feel and have a yeah. and have and be able to, to to feel like a good person how about Absolutely. Sure, that's good. I think you know. Uh, I didn't say the internet. You get out of my podcast. Just Facebook. Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Facebook. I'm right? sorry. Like if, if we could figure out a way where you don't where if they had never let that fucking anyone comment on a news article like that was the most insane but it's thing. not hard not to watch it is it no it's easy i just don't do, i just right. don't have it anymore i just don't acknowledge it but it does the damage it does across the board is more than just me so i would there are something like a give and take technologically speaking right like it makes me crazy that every movie and and movie f fiction but also every like real scientist researcher is like oh ai is going to be the end of us and they still work on it just stop it if you know this is what's going to bring the fucking downfall on why are you still building robots just don't build robots you know that that's going to be the end would you be mad if you could teach a monkey to clean your house no okay well then we can go in my house I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna back up a little bit, not because uh, I don't want to like listen to it. I know my f my ex Vinny is gonna listen to this. He's gonna go, Todd. You didn't even ask any good questions. So, well, one of the things like when I was when as we started to talk. And now I want to go back to this. Isn't gonna change anybody, but I'm interested in understanding. So these are some questions. But first, I wanted to try to hit it from an angle of someone that doesn't have interest in understanding. And what do you say to that person? And you know, and that's why I tried to look at the evolution, try to look at it so, you know, at least it's their opportunity. If they really do want to change, I think we said some things in there that would make somebody with love go, all right, this is fucking confusing, and I don't fucking get it, but people hate being it, evolution does seem to go in the direction of positivity. And that's why when someone says the world's getting worse and worse, I go, hey, if, I don't know why I say, if you had a gay son or if you had a gay daughter, what year would you want her to be brought up in? And they'll always bat, fall a little and go, today, I go, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Sure. It's not perfect by far. But you would, or any child, you would, I would think. But when you say that, um, one more quick thing. Um, Made a lot of progress. About, oh, shit. Going back. You know what we're going to do? Do you like Harry Styles? Oh, uh, 
So so, yeah. Okay, listen. You I don't do, even I heard have a song by him the other day that I thought fucking. Do you like Lizzo? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so, uh, I don't. I've never listened to a Harry Styles song. I like his. I like that he's seems to be comfortable in his skin at a certain level. But he anyway, is, and that's good. That is good. It's a swag. But I never. I wouldn't even be able to mention one Harry Styles song. But I know Lizzo because Vinny. I mean, hi, Vinny. Fair. He he introduced me, and I'm gonna. The names of any songs hey. anymore. And I'm going to think about what I wanted to ask you. Are you good? Yes, I'm you f- good. You feel good? Yes. You have a good, good, everything's good? Okay, you cool. take a little break? Well, we're going to listen to this song, and if somebody has to pee, they can. But I, I think you should listen to this song. I think you'll like it. Do you have to pee? Uh, I mean, I was going to smoke if we were going to take a break. But if we're not taking a break, I don't have to pee yet. Okay, well, we'll take a break in a second. We'll take a break. But uh, right. I think you'll like this. Let it breathe, and then I'm going to think. Because I think it's worth thinking about. Last night, my friend played it for me. Sorry for the AC in the back, everybody. Let me bring these mics down. That was Harry Styles. Yeah. Okay. I thought was, I that thought was Lizzo. Said, I thought you said you were going to play Well, that was Harry Styles doing a Lizzo song. Oh, was it oh, really? was it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, I mean, that was dope. Yeah. I knew it was a guy. And Ben Harper's opening for You like it? People like it that are listening to the show. It gives them a chance to... Go get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's why I do it twice. Good. Oh, I hate doing sloppy fades. 
That's what my mom used to say. <laughs> she worked at Supercuts. Uh, this is from That's a, a little something for Lynn as he's jogging. He's an hour in, and now you give him a little, hey, Lynn, little something to run to. Hey, Lynn, suck it up, you fuck. Don't uh, look back. Don't look back, Lynn. Don't turn around. Yeah, because you know what it is? It's Hayden Johnson, not Johnston, you pile of shit. That's right. Take and your I jingles figured and figured out where you jog. Yeah, we know where you in. jog. <laughs> Hayden knows where you fucking jog. During what we were listening to that song, he came over with his phone. He showed it to me. We're behind you. And we're behind we're you. Behind we're gonna you right get now. you so good. We're Johnston. Right you pile of shit. <laughs> Watch out. Um Did you think of what you were trying to think of? No. You said you were going to play a song. I was, but all I did of. was get up and dance around a little. <laughs> I like to dance. Can I be honest with you? You didn't play a song you could think during. You played a song you could I dance know. to. I know. I won't dance around people. you got to play like But I love to dance. Right? Like band of horses yeah. is a good thing. When no one's in the studio, and I'll come in here, and I'll get high, and I'll play a song... So that means I like to dance. Yeah. I'm just afraid. And that's something I could get over, but I don't know if I ever will. Is there anything like that that you feel like, because I'm, I'm probably never going to be able to dance in front of people. Like, just let myself go and not try to dance, just let myself be. So this, this sounds like, um, I think you just need to try Molly. <laughs> Have you done Molly? I'm not, but I think that maybe you should. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I, I don't might. Think you know, you might be right. I, no, I don't have any trouble dancing. I love this. Is there anything this, that you like? You know, singing. That's another one for me. Is there anything like, like where you go? Yeah, I guess I don't know. I'm not even tempting to deal with that yet. I don't know. I think. I mean, and this is goes right back into it. But I really do think that, like, once I got comfortable visibly, like going out of the house and being trans, it's like, well, you know. They're, what could embarrass me at this point? Because I'm very comfortable with myself. So if I need to dance, if I need to sing, I did karaoke on Sunday. As I'm doing plenty of. What's stuff. your song? What's your karaoke song? Oh, do you have I, a list? I don't. Ha I don't have a list. Will you sing a song tonight? I if you, maybe I don't know. You don't I mean, have to, a, but I want to show you something no, before you decide. About a question you should ask me before the, the show. Oh, I. <laughs> so what did you sing on Sunday? Uh, I sang "Party in the USA" on Sunday because it felt. Good. Uh, I don't. Are you guys familiar with? Yeah. Early? Yeah. Okay. Party in the USA. Miley yeah. Cyrus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good song. You could always say no, like. But I just wanted to know if you were like, oh, I'll try a song, then we would do it. But don't ever. I'll do a song. You will. Yeah. Wow. I do, I won't. I'll do a song. I'm a bad if you, yeah, but Jeff, there's got to be something you could sing. See, you, I always think that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good singer, but I'll sing a song. Um. So uh, I want to. I want to. Uh, when did you start comedy? Um, I started comedy in twenty. I, I so I auditioned for my college improv team in twenty eighteen, and then I started stand up in I think twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, and Jeff was there the very first night I uh, I did it. The first night? Uh, yeah, go bananas. Did I talk Yo, to you that night? Wow. You did. You came up. You came up to me and you were like, "That was your first time." And I was like, "Yeah." He said good, you were funny. And, and, and you, <laughs> you said, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, mean, I, I was very that. stoned. That was in the middle of my being stoned constantly. So yeah, I did have a real. Hey, yeah. whoa, whoa. Par pardon me for going all over the place, but I just thought of something. When people bring up the swimming thing, 
think you know me well enough to know I'm not hiding behind when people bring it up. Meanwhile, it's me. Um, what what do you what do you say? Oh, so you, so you're talking about like, you know trans people in sports? Yes. Right. There's one. Sorry to call it the swimming one, thing. Uh, one trans woman swimming. Yeah. I I mean honestly like it. I'm not a big sports person. I'll leave it at that. But I just I don't really see why we're getting so. It's much less important, I think, about who, you know. And and this is all, I think, like, uh, there are so many factors that go into this. And this is an easy argument to, like, bring up. But it's just, like, I don't think, I think the important thing about sports, at least from my perspective, is, you know, being active or being part of a team. I think when you make it all about, like, who's winning or who has like a secret advantage or what it it's like is that more important than somebody's and, like human experience and mankind yeah it's like so irrelevant i honestly you're not not a lot of people have asked me about it because it's just like this i mean sports doesn't matter I, like not, and if there's people who love sports i get it but it's just it's not more important that's sort of goes back to what i said about you if you saw the good yeah. because you're not looking at mankind you just like, I love that answer that like it makes me does it starts bringing out anger in me like I don't they, care they about the sports. Like the people that are bringing this up are there's like the implication is that this woman transitioned to win swimming competitions. <laughs> yeah, which is insane. And that's fucking crazy. And I it's not true and there 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 is a lie. Well, they're buried not saying that. Statement. They're saying that I'm trying to just in case there's some. They're saying that the that there'll be some. You know, here here's here's what I think you'll like this. I heard a congressperson say this, and again, I'm asking. I'm hoping. My only hope, Hayden, is that there's somebody that this gets in the ears of, that might be might fucking think this whole thing is bullshit, but they still got a little bit of an ear listening. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you might unknowingly not know that your problem with this is you don't have interest in understanding. You might unknowingly, I'm trying to be kind, because I saw a congressperson, I knew exactly what he was doing, and he said to somebody, how do you feel about parents that can give $100,000 to have coaches for their children? He goes, I don't know what that has to do with what we're talking about. He goes, in sports sometimes, there's parents in college and high school that can afford because that would be in a not equal playing field. Mm -hmm. And it's an opportunity for that person, if they're not, you know, you could disagree with someone, but not fucking lie. There are people that disagree, but if you're not a liar, you're gonna go to me, if that's presented to you. Like, okay, what about the inequality? Because what they're saying is they don't like it because it, they're, all they care about is in sports, it's an even playing field. Yeah. So if that was true, when you brought up the, the, the thing about if someone has 100000 or 200000 or $300,000 to have their child have a coach, they would go, you know what? So I don't seem full of shit. I have a problem with that, too. Okay, at least you're... But they don't... So what you're trying to prove is I'm not going to engage in an argument with you unless you tell me what the truth is because it's not sports. Yeah, I mean, I also think it's easy to... Con you know, you can bring up, like, one example of one person... And use that as like your whole basis for an argument, or a whole group of your hatred for a group of people, which I think is uh, you know wild. And why would you do that? But also, it's just like 
you know, how many people at any high school, middle school in the country, you know, go on to become a professional athlete? So, very few. And all I think that we're looking for, you know, is just to allow somebody like, you know, a little girl who is trans to be a part of a team and to have that, you know, to be able to bond with other people and to be able to work work together and just have those lessons that come from sports. Because, uh, you know, everybody did some kind of like soccer or whatever. Like, and we're not all professional athletes, but we learned good lessons from that. And I think that's more what it's, why, why would you want to stop people from having those experiences, I guess. Well said. Well said. How do you think I'm doing? I think I think you're doing well. Oh, is there anything you want to, like something you go, you know what, I always like to say this because I think it helps the cause that I didn't ask you. Don't even be shy to go, you know what, like something. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing to bring up that, uh, you know, just again, like there is a lot of different... Uh, being trans is not necessarily one specific thing. Um, people could go on hormones. People could not go on hormones. People could have surgery. People could not have surgery. Um, it, it, transitioning is a process, and being trans is just who you are, you know? Um, and I don't know if I have... I, I am 22. I started... I came out you know, about a year ago, and I started in HRT about three months ago. And so I lack a lot of understanding that I think, you know, some other people who have been more down this process have. Um, but I will say that there are a ton of just people uh, who are speaking about this who have really great coherent opinions. There are a lot of great comedians, um, Robin Tran, Nori Reed. Robin is, I want to have her on the podcast. I did yeah. talk to her after a show. Oh, God damn it, she was funny. She's so funny. And, you know, these are, these are just people who have had the experience of, like, uh, speaking about this for a long time. And I'm really happy to know that my comedy is helping people in, the, in a way and is, like, spreading that message. But um, there's a ton of people who, whose work is out there that you should go listen to, uh, especially if you like laughing. You know, yeah. a lot of funny people. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, I saw Robin. I forget where I saw her, but my friend Steve Fine Arts and Daniel were telling me about her. And um, Fine Arts is his last name. Yeah, I know. For years, I would hear the name and thought he w it was a guy named Steve who worked at a place called Fine Arts. Her direct <laughs> her direct ins uh, aggression towards Dave Chappelle to me is really glorious. And, you know, wasn't she on that show with the. That you did at yeah. the Netflix thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. She wasn't on that. No, she wasn't no. on that? Yeah. You know, the, the whole thing with... Um, I, I think this is interesting because I think... You know, a long time ago, my friend used to have a live talk show. And he told his girlfriend, sometimes I feel like I have the cleanest point. And I say it to the guest and I go, it was clean, it was calm, it was intelligent. It just put it... And they don't even blink an eye. Like, oh, all right. Well, my expression is, you don't have to change your opinion, but when something intelligent comes out of my mouth, does it wiggle your ear? Just, just worth listening to. And, he goes, and, and she goes, the guest won't most of the time. 
but the audience does. So with that in mind, sometimes when we're talking about this stuff, hold on, hold on. It won't, no, no, stay with me here. There are the guests, um, what were we just talking about? Robin Tran. Robin Tran. I have a terrible memory. This is, um. Oh, oh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. That, this is one of those things where the, he wouldn't blink an eye at this, but if I remember correctly, Dave Chappelle left the Chappelle show for many reasons, but one of them was he was doing jokes that were feeding idiots. That's what I call it. They were not meant to be feeding idiots, but an audience could get it for the wrong reason, and which is a very thing you have to think in in comedy. I call it, are you feeding idiots? It doesn't matter what your feelings are. Can you look at that joke? If you really care, you go, oh, I know what my feelings are, but I'd be feeding people that were on... And he, and he thought they weren't. He thought, I'm feeding idiots. I'm feeding people that love the N-word. They don't get the irony of it, which I respected. I understood it. I go, wow. I, I wasn't judging him back then. But why can't he look at that now and go, You're, you can't see, you saw it in your own life, but that you are feeding some hateful people? Even if you, you want to sell it as... Does that, what do you think about what I just said? No, uh, I mean... Honestly, it's just like, um, I think, you know, I haven't been doing comedy for the longest time, but I can say that I, if I ever had a feeling that people were not, were like laughing at other people, you know, because of me, like if I was very much punching down in a way, and I, and I think I have to be very conscious about that when I talk about being trans, because I don't want to say something where... You know, I, I feel like people are going to take it the wrong way and laugh at the... Like, I want to make jokes for my community, if that makes sense. Of course. And it's... I... To come out and just talk about another community in your stand-up that you have no real connection to, just... I mean, it feels pointless, for one. Um And it doesn't feel funny. You know, it doesn't feel like you're making a... It feels like you're just bitter. It's, at best, misinformation that's like, you know, he, he, you know, it reminds me of something, and we, we will take a break in a second, that a long time ago, I respected Dave Chappelle. I thought he was a really good comedian when he was younger. And, I mean, and then, when I was 22, he was the best I ever yeah. fucking saw. Yeah, it was, it was, but I always picture, again, I always picture whoever I'm talking about is listening. And he seems to be not wanting to connect with any other marginalized groups. You know, a long time ago he said, gay people shouldn't compare themselves to black people, which Maya Angelou said, it's fine. Well, Hatred, mis you know, uh, uh, repression is repression. Yeah, and You know, and I think it's just like th there are black gay people. There are black trans people. It, it, there are people who experience a very intersectional oppression that I think you need to be conscious of. Acting like you know, all trans people are white, um, uh, leaves black trans people who are oftentimes, you know, the the biggest victims of, like, transphobia and harmful shit like that in the media. Um, it, you know, if you're acting like they don't exist, that's, that's very harmful to them. And that's harmful to everyone in the community. But it is just, like, it's always going to be an intersectional thing. Like, those identities will coexist, you know? Mm -hmm. He used to do a lot of bits, like his like the half hour and the two hours, the HBO things, killing him softly, and the other one. 
where the point was to like it was very true from his life about why can't I like why can't I why can't we uh, simply be treated with the same respect everyone else is and somewhere along the way he forgot that everyone else includes everyone else well yeah the masses are you know the the you know, Hayden, this is what I've said this before, but I think it's appropriate to repeat it right now. It's like I'm always trying to think, how can I get somebody that's listening? Look, they don't have to change their opinion, but my goal is to at least somewhere in there deep down, they'll go. Okay, he he um you know, he made a point. I might not admit it, but he made a point. And And I always, in my mind, I think about tricking somebody into this. But it would work. Lawyers have planned ways to pit people, and sometimes it works brilliantly. That's what good lawyers do. They go, I'll ask this, he's going to ask that way, and boom, I come in. And, and, and I'm not going to lie, it's a fantasy of mine to say to these people, to not, we don't have to talk about anything that's on the plate, but to go, here's my opportunity to prove to you that you can't change your opinion, or at least give a wiggle to your ear. And I fantasize saying to one of these people that say you can't say anything anymore. That most people agree probably with a lot of this misinformation. Most people agree you can't say anything anymore. Mo a lot of people agree with Dave Chappelle. And what I would want to say to that, look into the history of the world what most people thought. If you want to get out of your own way, most people are wrong. Most people didn't want women to vote. Most people didn't want gay people to get married. Most people didn't want black people. So when you're saying most people, if you're a comedian that can still put a litmus test on absurdity, you should be able to, as Dave Chappelle go, while the masses agree with me, at least on you can't say anything anymore. And if you still have the ability to be a sharp comedian, you should go, oh my God, that's a horrible sign. And yeah. Todd's right. I'm not going to rot my fucking brain in comedy to, to, to stop. I'm not going to glaze over what he just said to go, we don't have to talk about, oh, the testosterone and this and that. Just on that alone, from a wide scope, to set back and go, you're saying most people, I'm giving it to you, most people, a lot of people agree with Dave Chappelle. That should be the sign for him to go, oh, my God, I bet that means I'm fucking wrong. Yeah. The best comedy is going to be comedy that pushes a boundary. Yeah, they go, oh, no one pushes boundaries anymore. No, the ones that do it, <laughs> no. you hate. Yeah. They're pushing. The ones you're angry at, they're the ones pushing the yeah, boundary. Yeah, you're the one You're the one upholding You're the old the fucking man. You're the old crotchety old fucking man, and you don't want to believe that. And I don't know if I want you to believe that because I'm angry with you, but I don't yeah. hate you. And I think if you realize you're the crotchety old fuck and the, the groundbreakers are the ones you're angry at because I think you might harm yourself if you realized how off you were. Yeah, uh, the, the guys who get the maddest about not being able to say anything are the guys that we're worried are going to come back to a show with a gun. Like, I, it's just, like, the the scariest... Like, the people... We're saying a lot of stuff that, you know, you're not going to... I don't know. Dave Chappelle has a ton of Netflix specials. Not a lot of trans people have a Netflix special. <laughs> Nobody. I don't think anybody does. Well, one of Dave Chappelle's best friends is in charge of Netflix. Yeah, I you He's know like him and Tessa Randos are fucking tight. If They're you have the biggest platform in the world to to do your comedy, your comedy's not really being oppressed. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Right. How dare you go on Netflix right. and talk about how you how you can't say anything? Yeah, 
You're it's, saying, I mean, you're that, to me, to that's you people. know, we're you're you're laughing like that for the same reason I do because it is so absurd. And again, I lower my tone. And you, you know, you 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 go. I'm gonna stick with that one. What I just said, the masses. And I and I don't think I picture thirty comedians I know hearing that. And because you choose, I'm pretending they're hearing it right now. Glaze over that. If you choose to glaze over that, that's on you. Because let me tell you something. This is the mo this is the moment in your life where you to go. All right, I can. There is some. If you can't go, God damn it, that. I should answer that. And how about at least dignify me with me and go, Todd at least deserves an answer to that. Because I get what he's saying. Like, give me a little bit to prove you just don't want to argue. Give me a teeny bit and go, I know what Todd's saying. The masses have been wrong. And it's the small majority in fashion, everything in life. I didn't want to go wear a square shoe when they became popular. The masses don't, it's not just social, it's everything. It's the small <laughs> few that pull the other people through it. It's picking up your dog shit. It's non-smoking restaurants. The masses have been wrong. So if you don't see that, and you don't stop at least for a goddamn second as a comic, and go, is Todd fucking right? Then you just have to go, I'm full of shit. And you can't put a lipis on, on yourself. That's why your comedy's going to rot. Yeah. Other than that, I feel good. Uh, what? Yeah. Bobcat told me 15 years ago, uh, I asked him, because I, like, I had just started working the road a lot, and I was like, wasn't doing open mics and stuff, and so like, I wasn't really seeing a lot as much comedy anymore. And I started to get like self-conscious about my comedy because I wasn't—I didn't know what was going on, on the, you know, on the ground level or whatever. Like, wh how do I know if this is how do I know if this is hacky bullshit? Because I could be working with headliners that don't do hacky bullshit. I could be doing hacky bullshit just because it's not what they do. That then I think, oh, it's not hacky. And Bobcat goes, oh, if it's good, it's not gonna work every night. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's just been what I've, like, that's been the thing that I've held on to for the last very long time. Yeah. I don't know if that ties in. It felt, it, like, popped into my head earlier in your rant, and I didn't know if it's if it stuck. Anyway, that, makes, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm going to take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's the best advice I've ever gotten in comedy. If it's good, it's not going to work every night. What, were, what mm -hmm. was I just saying? A lot of very thoughtful. No, uh, no, no, about... <laughs> Oh, think like maybe you're right. Maybe like if you can't, if you can't. Oh man. Oh, if you can't, if you can't hear what I just said and go, the masses haven't been on the right side of history. Yeah. And and I just, I don't know how you hear that and don't and don't change the trajectory of everything it you think. Definitely don't start. Like the masses well, don't start right. on the right side of history. Things will build right because like again, like you're talking about the '50s, like. Those were things like where it was a small part of the population who wanted this change and the masses were very against it. But now it is a small part that's against it and the masses are for it because it uh, over time. Well, so because it's eventually they drag the masses into it. Yeah. My point is to go. Right. But when you're you, at the beginning of something like this, like the masses are like never on board years or whatever. Like, right. That's the sign that it's when the masses are do the opposite it, thing of what yeah. the masses do. If you really wanted to have how. Hey, by the way, opinions and social views are really just opinions. Well, if you wanted any science to it, you would go. 
All right, the masses are usually wrong, so what I'll do the next time in my life when there's a crossroads, I'll do exactly the opposite of what the masses want. If you're not in your own way, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And in this case, it would mean ask questions about this whole thing that's going on. Ask questions about how I identify. And you know what? I'm, let me just get this out real quick, and then I swear to God I'll let you, because Benny's already mad at me probably. Who? I think at my worst day, what I would ask people, just don't fight it. I would respect someone if they go, I'm having a hard time learning this and there, but you know what? I know I'm fucking wrong for it and whatever it is. Just, we're, even if you go slow, just don't fight it. It's not even, it's not even, yeah. you don't even have to admit that you're wrong. If you can, if you're willing to admit that you're confused or you just don't understand something, like that's, that's an okay place to be too. Right? Like, yeah. it's like, no, and, people and I, think they have to know to, yeah. It's not, it's not acceptable or whatever. Like, it feels like, it feels. It's okay not to understand. Yeah, you it. get self conscious to be right. like, I just don't understand it, but I'm not against, I'm not against well, anybody, so I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I'm only against people who are against other people. Like, those Proud Boys that got pulled out of the fucking U Haul, fuck those cunts. But the rest of them, everybody else is fine. Right, Does and that make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it, can you edit out what I said? No. <laughs> Go ahead. If you if you don't understand something, um, it's really like n nobody nobody's holding that against you. Nobody's trying to really force anything down your throat or whatever. It's just that you know people want to be understood and people want to feel safe. Um, and if you can just make the effort to make somebody feel comfortable. I, I think that's a huge starter. I think that's a great place to start. And when I was yelling a second ago, keep in mind, I'm yelling at a lot of comedians that say everyone's soft. So if there's their opportunity to prove, they go, oh, Todd's just yelling at us. Hey, you're the one that's saying you're not sensitive. Most comedians are going, I'm the... Everyone else is so, all right, well, I just yelled at you with a lot of love, a lot more love than you throw, but there was anger in there, too. Yeah. So why don't you prove that hey, I'm not, and take it, and listen to it, and, um, and uh, you know, you're the, because, because sometimes it's hard to say it softer, you know, than, softer than that. And you know what I realized? To hear a story, it doesn't change their opinion. Like, if you, you, you go on TikTok and you see a story of, this kid who's 18 and telling a story, and he's obviously brilliant, you know, and his parents are... No, they don't watch that and go, you think, oh, they should see that. No, I know. You know what I think? No, they don't. They don't. So I was trying to think today when you were coming on, like, what can you say, especially with comedians, that if I did have someone go listen to that show, I thought what did I, I would want them at least to at one point go, all right, well, the question would be, do I really have interest in understanding? To sleep on it, think about it for a week, and don't be shy to come back and go. I, I, I don't. I don't. And then maybe that's a start. D does that make sense to you? Because mm -hmm. it doesn't waste our time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like, at the end of the day, you should. I think we should all believe that just generally, other people are meant to be good and are meant to be loved and if they come from a bad place there's so many factors that come into that and you know maybe somebody listening to this thinks that that's me and I think that that's them 
But if we can try to understand each other, then, you know, maybe we can sort of build that bridge. And I know, I know plenty of people who don't want me to be the person that I am. Um, but I think I would just ask people to try to find, you know, uh, try to find me, try to find people like me who are having my experience. Because I understand where they're coming from. I really do. There are people I love with my entire heart that don't want me to exist the way that I am. Um, but, but it's just, I need you to give me that same love back. Because we're all just people. And we all just need to be understood. Wow. <laughs> Do you have to go to the bathroom? Do you? How about if we do this? I smoke it here. Sometimes you say it's Do you care? No, I don't care. Right. One cigarette is Wow. <laughs> this is the first time a cigarette's ever been smoked on a podcast. It no, no, no. Stanhope podcast. I did let Doug Stanhope smoke. Oh, Hayden. Am I getting, am I getting too deep? No, sh Hayden, you're beautiful and you're perfect. Okay, thank you. Yeah, because let me tell you something. I'm judging myself. I think on right now on bringing clarity to an issue, asking the right questions, I give myself a, a B. Yeah. No, I think you're... Um, <laughs> I mean, you invited me on to talk about it, and that's, I think, huge. I give myself an A+. Plus. No, you get a... <laughs> Well, the fact, is, the fact is I know that I don't know stuff, and whatever I get wrong, just tell me. I have no, I definitely don't want to, I definitely don't want to be wrong. Or <laughs> you know, well, not wanting to be wrong is good, I think. You know, right? Like, but people, I'm, you know, I'm 40, I'm 43, shh, I'm from Ohio. I'm going to edit that out. I don't admit there's old people on this show. Okay. Right? Like, I'm 22, I'm from Ohio. That's a good age. Right, like, so you, so you, I'm twice your age. Extrapolate a little bit. No, I get it. And again, when I talk about like you know people who are who I love, like you know, I love that you said that because I get it. Yeah, I hope I hope I'm making sense. You're making um, perfect sense, and you took okay, the time great. to be to 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 say you're not vilifying anybody. Yeah, I mean the same way that I wouldn't want anyone to vilify me, um, and I know that people will, um, but. And I don't want to put that energy out there, but... But if they, if they do want to vilify you, you can find them on Twitter, at JeffTate96. Send all your bullshit at JeffTate96, yeah. and I will never see it. You can fuck off. <laughs> no, send it all to Jeff. Uh, see if I wrote it. We're gonna, I'll take it. We're going to... We are... Um, I'll ignore it, and you can go to hell. I, I don't care. That. I might even paint my nails. I'm, I'm fucking going crazy this year. I used to paint... I used to go to... Uh, I used to go to Myers and paint oh. my nails at the 
like just like just take the between, thing off and yeah i'd work a double at applebee's and then in between i'd go to the myers and paint my nails and then i'd come back for the night shift with are you talking black about nails. are you talking about the myers you're not talking about the myers in westchester are you or no this one was wait in what's Nathan, myers but it's a store it's a store where we're from it's yeah. like a it's like a walmart type store oh okay i know what myers is it's in lake tahoe yeah it was right next to the blockbuster i remember in westchester yes in westchester Yes, yes. I I bought so many DVDs from that blockbuster when it was going out of business. <laughs> yeah, hold on. It's like three for three for ten. Shout out my dad. Before we move <laughs> on, <laughs> hold on. Why is my voice? This is one of those where, like, if I met your dad, we'd. I mean, you're since you're half my age. There's a real chance that me and your dad are similar age. And my dad's forty-eight. Oh man, me. <laughs> So your dad is all like class in 1990, and I'm like, where do your parents live? Uh, they both live in. Well, one of them lives in Monroe, Ohio, and one of them lives in Dayton, Ohio. Okay, that is, okay. So they're so, split. So they're split. One lives um, by the flea market, and one lives in Dayton. Yeah, but she's got a beautiful. It's like next to a park. It's like in a na- like a state park. Um, with the, no, with the... in Dayton. It's like it's in Trotwood. Okay. That's not bad. That's good. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. I am very jealous of that. There's a real nice, uh, not nice, but there's a fun um, Frisbee golf course in Monroe. There is. Yeah. I We used to live in the neighborhood right across from that. Literally, we would walk over to that Frisbee park all the time. I've been to, the, I've been to that Frisbee park a lot. It's so crazy that you're from the same place. <laughs> <laughs> How many years did you say you were doing stand-up? Uh, I guess this will be my... At my third or my fourth? Wow. It's four if it was 2018. This is fourth, 2022, yeah, so this is four. Fourth. I, I love like it. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is five. So, but I two of those years were the pandemic. I mean... Nah, you got to count it, Hayden. Yeah, but ah, you were... Yeah, I'm you sorry. But that's what, that's what happened. Like, I did not know... Because I saw... I ran into Jesse, your friend Je- Like, she runs that show. Love Jeff, Jesse. hold on one second. I got to do this. The Todd Glass Show. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I ran into her last night in Highland Park. Jesse Mourner Red. Yeah, just on the street. Is yeah. her last name Horner? Mourner Red. Mourner, yes. okay. Uh, she's so funny. And I uh, and she thought that we came to the show because I knew you were there. And yeah. I did not even know you were in L.A. I went to that show because Todd was like, I, I'm going to this yeah. open mic. Let's go to this did open you... mic. Did you know a lot of people on that show? Uh, yeah, no, I'm very good friends with um, all the hosts. They like were the first people to like w- welcome me to L.A. Skin Tag is a great, great open mic. Go there, because, to. folks, if you listen to this show, I was very, I mean, it was everything. It was fun. If it's not funny, then who gives a shit? It's funny first, but then the, 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 the diversity of it and the crowd and the how, you know, like. Well, there, oh, was yeah. some, there was something that we didn't get into earlier that I really latched on to, which was everyone at that show still had a lot of ins- excitement and enthusiasm yeah. about stand-up. Yeah. Like, all the comics, everybody yeah. still loves it. Like, everyone that I started with is kind of, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years now, so it's kind yeah. of, we're, we're uh, like, it's like beating us down a little bit. Like, the I struggle still has. Yeah. And so to be around those, uh, good, to be around energy. people like that who who are still very excited like when whenever when they when the 
the thing ended and and they were like, oh, we're going to this bar. I was like, I'm definitely going to this bar. Like this, I couldn't go to be around twenty people who still love it. Like, yeah, I want to be around those people every day. Well, that's what I do. That's why the comedians that I hang out with are either my age but still love it and still love being around it. But sometimes it's it's fun to go to one of those nights because it's good energy and you see new comedians and it inspires you. It, it works two ways. It's like it makes you a better comic. It's not just you go, oh, look at these new comedians. No, they help you become a better comedian. And if some of them happen to think you're funny, it's a two-way street. You yeah. know, if some of my wisdom could help you, a two-year comedian or four-year I know it works the other way around, where this one-year comedian, I could look at and go, oh, my God, comedy is growing, and I just want to be a part of it. I want to dig. Sometimes there's things. I talked to Gary Goldman about it today. There's things I don't talk about on stage because I'm still a little embarrassed or shy about. I'll, get, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I said I stopped watching basketball to Gary on the phone today. I go, yeah. I stopped watching basketball when the shorts went longer. And he goes, you should see. Did you watch a basketball in 1991? Yeah. And he, and, he, and he goes, you should say that on stage. And I know why I don't, because that's soul-bearing. He goes, well, if you don't want to be Jerry Seinfeld, you better start. If you know, <laughs> it, and it doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be about your identity. It could be just silly. But if you're not tapping in, and then when I saw that night of comedy, funny first, but then some subjects that's why when I, I when people go you can't say anything anymore i want to bring them to that show and take their head and crush it into the sidewalk until they bleed out in front of me <laughs> and go huh what about what they're saying here tonight you fuck right because you what you were talking about that night on stage i didn't see that two goddamn years ago so what do you mean you can't say anything anymore go to some shows and and, and shut up about that yeah and i really will if you live in la the elysian theater it's where a lot of great, um, younger, like more alternative, like growing comedy is. It was fun. And it, it feels like what the UCB was 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah I'm, well, I'm so excited to be here um, after the pandemic. And I know that a lot of things have like disappeared um, and things aren't the same as they were before. But see, but that's not bad. Yeah. Being that's a part of the. Bad. Being a part of the scene that's like growing and I feel so excited about comedy good. and stand up. Good. I love hearing that. Yeah. And being being around Hayden and being around Jesse and being around those the other people from that show made me so much more excited about it. Yeah. yeah. There was some really I was having a great time and you know, like I I I'm like I wanted to start writing down some of the, the, the comedians' names because I wanted to remember them later. Yeah. But my friend Nick Harris was there and uh and um so he knows if I ever want to ask him the next day, who was yeah. that or who was that? Who was the person that went up and played the I am a comedian, I am a comedian? No, that <laughs> was Jesse. That, no, I'll, I'll say the hosts, Jesse Mornerit, Carly Kane, uh, Holmes Holmes, um, uh, Molly Carney, um, and Taylor Ortega, all the best people I've met in L.A. Like just truly have welcomed me in a way that I went to so many open mics at the start of being out here, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like, I don't know if there's actually going to be a space where I, like, I feel like people are going to want to listen to what I, yeah. what my jokes or anything. And they made me feel so, so safe, so great. And they're creating that space for so many other people. So, I, like, did you feel that way in Cincinnati? I, I mean, honestly, I want to I, I, I did not. I think when I was in Cincinnati, I was only, you know, I was only out as, like, a gay man. 
And I think, you know, you you really made me feel welcomed in the sense that, like, you were bringing me on to, like, you let me perform on one of your shows. I don't know if you remember this. I wasn't old enough to get into the bar, and I had to talk to the bouncer, and I was like, I'm on the show. And they're like, you're 18. And I was like, I know, but I do comedy. Was, um, but, like a weekend show? Uh, it was at some... Uh, I, I am not sure. Oh, was it... So Is that it a was bar? like we were doing a show at a bar. It's like a dive bar, yeah. Okay. Um, but, I, tr- like, I just, at that point, and it might have not been the Cincinnati scene, but I just, I felt, I look back on it now, and I can say that I was punching down on myself. I was, like, I was making fun of myself, and everybody but you were was... Doing, you, it was like you were, what, do, you, do you think you were doing what you thought they wanted you to do? Exactly. So you could be cool... You know, yeah. it's funny. Right. It's the same reason I wore sweater vests when I was married. The stakes are much lower, but <laughs> I was doing what I thought I needed to do. Like, I might, I don't want to put it on her like she made me do that, but it definitely wasn't how I wanted to be. Yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> no. I mean, I understand the stakes are very different. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. But, uh, like, you should be able to be what you want to be. And I, that's, that's what I've always, like, Especially for the last 10 years. Like, before that, I can't say that I was like that. Because I still had a lot of residual baggage from when I started. And the way that people make it hard for new comedians. And, like, people made it hard for me. And so I thought that was part of the, like, paying your dues or whatever. Like, getting that thick skin or whatever until you get to it. And then at some point, it just changed and it was probably from no it was probably from knowing you Todd like and 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 no like meeting more people and knowing knowing more people and realizing that like that doesn't actually help just because just because it was hard for me that doesn't mean it needs to be hard for the next no it, it's it's the yeah. opposite and it's such a night it's so it's so stupid like I I was talking about because I've been staying with a guy I started with mm-hmm. since I've been here for three months I've lived with two people since I got here and both were guys I started with. So I've known these guys for 20 years, and we were part of that first 10 years of, you know, the first five years people are being dicks to us. The next five years we're being dicks to people. And then at some point around 2010 or 11, we just decided, like, we, like, had a conversation. We're like, why are we making this? Because it was hard for us, yeah. why are we making it hard for other people? We shouldn't make it hard for Jeff. other people. You might be segueing into something that we can... My iPad just went out. So how about this? Hey, New York, we take a quick break, and we come back, and we wrap it up just being silly and stuff? Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And, and before we do that, and then we'll come back, I'll take a picture of my thing here. We're at an hour and 40. You talk about, you know, that type of behavior. Um, in every scene, there's, there's warmth, and there's, uh, and there's, there's another group. And, but I always say, if you want to meet the warm group and the, the supportive group, and they're there, and they get, they're just... When you meet cool comedians and you have a good group, it's fucking the best thing in the world. It's the family that you created. It and is. people can are sweet and kind and nice. You, you have to find them. But to find them, you gotta. it sounds like a no-shit type of a thing. I'm not talking to you directly. Um, that you have to give it. What I call it, are you the type of person that sticks around to say nice set? You're on your way somewhere else, but you just saw someone really funny and they had one joke, but you're going off. You wait t- six minutes to go, hey, by the way, I saw your set tonight. That's how you meet those people. And, and, and I started comedy in Philadelphia, and there were a lot of sweet people. And that night there at that show, it really, uh, 
You know what it made me think? Like, I do a show on the road with a band. Like, I bring, like, one person with me, and I have a drummer and a trumpet player. And the, when I was sitting there, I go, wow, would I like to perform for these people? You know, like, it was so, it was so, yeah. and, and it was so, um, you know, it was, it was just exciting. It was really exciting. It was a fun night for, con and seeing a lot of funny people. So, what you're talking about, about passing it on, I, I almost want to say to everybody fighting right now, I want to ask a, a, a group of people right now to go, because so far it's been, like, there's a lot of gay people that are having trouble with the uh, people non-binary, or, or and, and, and you think, well, you've been through this, and you're not, and there's gay people that are racist, and there's black people that are homophobic. If all, if we would just, the next group that's fighting for their rights, not give them a hard time. A lot of times we don't want to identify with them. And what I would ask anybody that's non-binary or going through transition, can I ask you now, can we get ahead of this? That in 20 years, trust me, now it seems like I'm working the evolution thing again, but I'm also doing it to put some people to the fire. You're going to have difficulty in 20 years with something. Mm -hmm. Let's stop it now. L let's stop it right now that you remember at least anybody that heard this podcast. That you feel marginalized. And maybe I, made, maybe I said some things that made sense. In 20 years, there's going to be something. Or with the way progression's going now, it could be five years. That you're not going to do exactly what every other marginalized group has done. That you're going to be the first group of people that remember this and whatever the next thing is, no matter how confusing it is and how much you go, why are they comparing this thing in 2020 to my plight? You're not going to take that path. You're going to have their back. And that's what I'm asking everybody now. Does that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, deep down, whether you, you want to admit it right now or not, everybody has, uh, you know, something that, they're afraid to let other people see about them. And uh, if, you, if you just are willing to say that, you know, this, this part of me is okay because it's who I am, you can start to see that in so many other people. So even if that's just a small, small little thing, wearing sweater vests or whatever, you know, it's just like you gotta, <laughs> if you just uh, let yourself do it, um, and without any, any shame and you say, I'm proud of the person that I am, you can understand why other people are fighting to be proud of the person that they are. Wow. You're a good person, Hayden. Todd Glass Show is professional, so it's time to go to commercial. I walk out to on the road and I love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow, we're back. How about a hand for Cam Kavinsky going over there on the keys? My first board is now dead, 
the one that has your song on it and all that. So we're going to just get by as we go to close. You, as we went to close, I thought you said something that was good because it's like even when you're tr- – even when you're, you know, it's even when you're doing a good thing. Sometimes, you, oh, you say you learn how to say things better and cleaner that include everybody. So, what was it? Yeah, Do, yeah, can yeah. you repeat that? I just want to say, um, you know, uh, when you're talking about tr- people who are transgender, you can say um, trans people or transgender people, uh, people who are going through, people who are transitioning is sort of. You know, trans trans people is like an umbrella term. You mm-hmm. know, like that includes everyone. Not everyone like physically transitions, so it's a lot easier and more inclusive to just say trans people. You know, I like it. I had a feeling sometimes I'll say something off the podcast, and the reason you get nervous to talk about things on the podcast is because you want to f- you want to say, "Hey, I'm trying here. I'm giving it a shot." And so I was like, tell people that listen to the podcast, "Hey, I can always come back on the next podcast and go." You know what? And so if you hear I said something. With the good intentions, email me. I always read them, and so often it makes sense. And then I go come back on the podcast and go, hey, remember two weeks ago? Well, I said this, but I got an email, and I'm all good. I'm all good. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you have any emails for me, again, you can message Jeff on Twitter. Oh, shit! Oh, shit! At JeffT96 for whatever you want to send Hayden. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And this this is in perpetuity. Watch yeah. your mouth. No, I mean if you want to talk shit, you know where you know where to find you know where to you find, know where to oh find shit, Jeff. Oh Add Jeff Tate ninety six. Oh yeah. shit! Oh shit! <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, a season season three. We do a little cross promotion with the nice people at uh, I think you should leave season three. They just got baby, picked up. Baby, 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 what? Baby, baby. Ooh, baby, 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 baby. Season three on Netflix. Yeah. That's such good news. Hey, does he promote me as much as I promote him? I'm I'll I don't wanna I don't need anybody. I get sh- I am I'd rather go. There are certain people I will ask, but a lot of people I don't like this because I don't want to go to a party and have people worried like you're the pay. Hey, you want to do my podcast? You uh, just never ask at a party. Always ask over email. You know, at, at a party I went to, they actually had a sign and it was written with so much love. And it said, I have a podcast. I love the vehicle. It has been so groundbreaking. But don't ask people to do your podcast at the party, please. Good. I know, right? Wasn't it? But it was it is an email thing. I mean. It was if written. If it's a party, it's a party. If it's oh. an email, it's an email. Listen, but anyway, what, See, do you, what about? Sometimes you could just crystallize it. This is the theme of the Todd Glass Show, stolen from Gary Shandling's show. Todd Glass called me up and asked if I could steal his theme song. It seems a little crass how recently we lost him to steal his song for the Todd Glass Show. This is the theme of the Toddler Show, stolen from Gary Shandling's show. This is the music that you used to hear by Randy Newman. He used to whistle this part, but Todd wants something different. Uh-oh, I accidentally swallowed a kazoo. We love you and miss you here on the Toddler Show. How many kids do you think are out there? Mr. Rogers. 30 years you've been here. A great question asked to Mr. Rogers. How many kids do you think are out there? 
who in 30 years you've influenced, to who you've made a difference in, and made them feel something special? I, I, I don't care how many, even if it's just one. Wow, I love that. I didn't play the rest of it, but that can says I a can lot. Can I tell you something? Is it nice I about Mr. Rogers? I Mr. Rogers. Why? My dad thought PBS was uh, too liberal. Fruity Tooty? No, liberal. Fruity Goody? I mean, even when I was a Schmoody kid, poopy. I wasn't allowed to watch Sesame Street because it was on PBS. Yeah. Like, were there things you weren't allowed to watch? <laughs> um, I we didn't have cable TV for a long time. PBS was the only thing we could watch. Um, Wait, so what year is this? This is. Um, what if you're like 2022? I'm like, I'm not that out of it, Hayden. I, I, yeah, meant, what I, I think we has, got nobody has cable in 2022. No, we got cable <laughs> in like 2012, 2013. But you had, but you didn't really. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Wait, so 2013. I was born in 2000. I love that. Wow. Um, so you were born in 2000. So, so where did you? So you didn't have cable, but you were able to still watch anything that was on, right? Uh, yeah, we well, we could only watch PBS. Uh, what? The um, we just watched PBS shows, and we watched stuff that we got from Blockbuster. Uh, a real part. God, I thought that was the like last I th three seasons of Friends was probably on. I didn't see. I've never seen Friends. I mean, I'm sure you did, but when you were two, I, three, I probably did at three. some point, but it was never on. It was a very popular show about. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of. Who actually, gives I a shit? I hate all the old shows. They should all die. Todd was on Friends. He's a very good well, actor. He no, heard, I'm he, not. I, I want to percent believe you wanted to sleep with Jennifer Aniston, and we all know you didn't. <laughs> That's how good an actor you are. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I had to really fake it a lot. And my friends, what was it like? I'm like, oh, it was. Whew. They, 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 they had to tape my boner to my pants. <laughs> Do you know one time, I swear to God, we're hanging out with a friend of mine. And this is going to be a quick story. Yeah. And, he, and, he's, and we're trying to say that we're talking about what we sort of talked about before, about when repressed groups go on to repress someone else, even if you can do them gymnastics. And I'm Jewish, so I felt comfortable having this conversation with Avi. I go, like, even the Jewish tradition, that the word on Jewish people should be in their religion, hey, you know, they've been pro-gay marriage since the 70s, and someone should be able to go, and they're very progressive as far as treating women with dignity. Someone should go, well, that's because of the Holocaust. They learned we're all equal. But no! No! Like, oh, women should sit in the back. And I t so I'm telling my friend Avi this. He goes, oh, no. He, he thinks he's going to say, he goes, they don't have to sit in the back. It's not disrespect. It's because they're so beautiful, and they'll disrespect the rabbi. And that's when a friend of mine says, well, good, he can tape his boner to his leg and let women sit where the fuck they want. No, but yet, Avi, in his limited capacity, can hear that and go, oh, that is the more adult situation that somebody not go, oh, sit him in the back because the rabbi will get a, a hard on. There was, I mean, Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to like wink at you when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a modern version of that, like a couple, a, like within the last week. There was, uh, I was, I went, I went to a place with some friends, all dudes. We, there was some girls there and these girls wanted to hang out with us. And they were like, we, sh we can't hang out with them because we can't have sex with them. And it, that never, I was like, you think these girls want to have sex with us? <laughs> like, they, like, we just want to have, like, why can't we just hang out with them? Like, yeah. Who like, said that? I'm not going to say. Yeah, these like, are the comedians you hang out with. They're bad people. No, no, they're not bad. No, they are. They should all throw up. But it was, I mean, the one, the, <laughs> honestly, the one who said it wasn't talking about him. He was like, you can't. And I'm right, like, right. I'm not. Like, I, I like, Man. I don't make a lot of friends. I have friends, but it's, 
like as you get older, it like what was that tied into? And Jeff has a great bit. No, about it's about this. the thing about the the rabbi, the the tape your boner to your leg, like. You can't. They have to sit in the back because it disrespects the rabbi. Like, that's on the rabbi. Right. That's on right. 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 Like, it's not like you. These girls just want to be friends. Like, they they they're making friends. We're making friends. Like, right. So we're not gonna be friends with them because we can't tape our boners to our leg. We yeah. should tape our boners to our leg in the parlance of your story. Yeah. You do what you do. If somebody, uh, you know, look, little, I don't need. I'm to... getting a little wild. No, that I'm, I'm, I've had four glasses says, of wine. But Truly, I, I just wanted to. I thought these girls were fun to hang out with, and we're just. And if you spend six hours with five dudes, and you get a chance to. Girls are cool, man. Right. This is the thing. <laughs> Other people are fun. Not right. everybody is there for you to have sex with. You know, like sometimes you can just have a conversation you, with other people. You know. Yeah, I mean, somebody, like the, the one who said it was like that. One of them yeah. is dating a guy he knows, and nah, I get it. I get like it. somebody that's in, fine. There's no. Nothing's going to happen. Right. We're just going to right, 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 right. have three more beers and smoke some cigarettes. I'm with you. Welcome to the Todd Glass Show. If you don't think I think you should leave is funny, go eat shit and piss. <laughs> so what you were just talking about, uh, about, uh, what, what was it about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. During... You know, I, I, I try to keep it very vague when I talk about my family. So this could be, you know, a, a group of 20 people. Not the, not the worst thing. But they were saying, sort of rationalizing, like, why is somebody in the room at 3 in the morning? And you, you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, sort of, they're not saying, look, I wouldn't do that no matter what. But they, they sort of go, it's still 3 in the morning. Don't you, you know, maybe you're sending the wrong message. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I said to this person, I, I, and I was very calm. I go... I'm trying not to say the name right now. I want you to don't want to be right here because I could take what you're saying into consideration and change my behavior, but I'm being 100%. I go, I know this world, name of the person, and there have been people in my room at 3 in the morning, waiters, waitresses, just because they're having fun and they're having such a good time that they probably stayed up three hours longer than they normally do because it's just a fun night. Yeah. And I would never... I would never make anybody uncomfortable or think because they're in my room at 3 in the morning. And I said to this person, am I wrong? Because I will implement this. And I want you to know that the words, if you go, yeah, if they're in your room, the next time I'm in that situation, I'm going to treat this person differently because you're saying they're my... Now, up to now, I haven't. What do you and it, it did stop them for food for thought. They're not a dumb person. And they let them know... You hear that these people are in somebody's room at 3 in the morning, and right away you go ahead and think, oh, what are they... And I go, it's not like that. Sometimes people have trust, and they meet cool people. And guess what? The majority of the time, when I was w working with Doug Benson, and people would be in the suite afterwards from the audience, overwhelmingly, they're awesome, and they're excited to be there, and nobody treats anybody with disrespect. So yeah. it's not like because you're somewhere, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. No. I've been in that exact room. Right. Doug. Right. Like, the, like, the one, like, if they have any <laughs> expectation, it might be weed. Yeah, you guys are smoking weed. Yeah, they might yeah. be like, I have weed. I can't wait to smoke with my weed hero, Doug Benson. I can't wait to smoke with my favorite comedian, weed Doug hero. Benson. All of that, all, like, that might be the expectation, but there's no... No, there's To no. assume something else is... It's, it's just like... You're projecting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it very strange the way that, like, people will interact with every single, you know, person of, like whatever gender 
they're attracted to, like, they're going to have sex. You know, it's just, like, you, you guys can just hang out. Like, you should probably just hang out. Like, I mean, to be honest, unless you put yourself in a situation. I have had sex with girls where I did not think that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Is more than it yeah. is. Like, there's more of the times where it's like, oh, okay, this was about that. I never. Yeah. I mean, you just, you let things flow naturally and you talk to people as other people, not as like yeah. somebody that you're right? flirting and I'm with. Not, I'm not saying this like I'm a hero. I'm fucking scared of girls. Like, no, well, don't... first of all, well, you are a hero. It, it transcends girls, guys, because yeah. yeah. um, I've been in the room with people that I'm attracted to. I just know how to, to, to control it. Yeah. And and it, and it might even be the next day when the person has no idea that I'll be on the phone with someone. I go, holy fuck, like they are. But you control it and you end up, you know, after a while, if you like somebody, you get into the syndrome where they don't become attractive. Most of the time I've had that happen where even someone that I'm very attracted to as you become friends and then eventually they're like a brother or a sister to you. So and then until then you tape your I love that tape your boner. How about the rabbi tapes his boner to his leg? Yeah, everybody tape your boner to your leg right, right why now. Why are they put? Why are they putting his deal on them? Yeah, well that's you know it's that's, that's only the example, but that's life. You no, know, I know, but that's the like that's a, it's it, you're right exactly it's life. That's true. It's um, across the board. Yeah, don't put your deal on them like, and yeah. to be to be fair. This is my Aristotle. You just no, you we're not editing. I'm, I'm truth. Aristotle, uh, truth. He doesn't even truth. hear this well, part of the show in. unless right. I take a picture of it. He doesn't listen to it, right, so I don't want to give him edits. He has a if lot of. He's busy. This, uh, Seriously, you might, you might truth. Think this isn't. There has been a couple of times where mistakes have been made. With that, what? With me, where I've made out with the wrong girl or whatever, but it was never me trying to. Like, hmm. I never thought that's hmm. what was happening. Hayden, it seems a little fishy. Mm -hmm. No, I think... Well, hey, we'll I'm, talk like, after the show. So. <laughs> to George Carlin. No, 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 we're just talking. I know, but I'm telling you, I'm saying it by the barbecue. Is I'll Jeff saying that he made out with George Carlin? You no. made out with George Carlin? Yeah, These are your George terms. Carlin? To George Carlin? Oh, that, that was seems not weird. what I intended. I don't understand. That's not what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> and the two, the two times it happened, we didn't... There was no nobody had sex, and I was trying to stop. Jeff, you know, you're fine. No, I'm just telling. I'm telling you that, that this is why. Like, one I don't thing even I know will no, say. I'm, I'm like, wor I'm worried that my friend is going to listen to this and be like, "Well, you then me. you should have edited yourself. You 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 talked yourself out of this bit Who as cares? you were doing it. Who right? cares? Ty is good. It's good. Oh yeah, it's no just one a podcast. Right? So my friend is going to listen to this and he's going to know that I know why he said it, so, and I'm going to tell him <laughs> that those two times. We're not like they. I took the weight, like I took the blame for it because I didn't want them to break up or whatever. Like the girl should not have done that. Love, but is it wasn't. Love I wasn't trying love. to. I hear you. I'm listening. All I am are ears. Will you tell your story about love? <laughs> is love? Is love? Is love? Is love? Is love? Love is 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 love. You never join in with any of the bits, I noticed. You go to your phone. Do you get nervous during participation segments on the show? It's a podcast. They're all participation segments. All right, listen, we have to go. I'm enjoying this right now, so I'm, like, really dragging my feet here. We're at two hours and 23 minutes. What was the first show you did when you got to L.A.? The first 
I did an I did an op- I did a gay open mic. Um, Yoo at at Tao <laughs> Studios. Can you give Todd the email? And I pay yeah I paid ten dollars <laughs> and there was four of us. There was four of us there. Uh, and it was I I bombed uh, because no, and nobody wanted anyone to succeed. Wait, so where where was it at in L.A.? It was at Tau Tau Comedy Club. And you and you said there was four people. There was like four people there, and we all paid real money <sighs> to go up. But how, I, how much I, did you pay? Uh, I think five or ten. Do you know anybody that was there with you still? Yes, um, my roommate Eleanor Bishop, who's also a comedian. what's her name? Eleanor Bishop. Eleanor Bishop, that's a great name. It's a great name, uh, and you know she'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, Take it oh, back. Uh, for the, for the, yes, for the that's listeners. right. Wow, <laughs> Eleanor Bishop, everybody. Right. This is a this is a Christmas song that you play. It is. It's the beginning. And of I Christmas. use it all year round. <laughs> I love that. The track they play along with it on the road, but this is but new. That's not a bit. I want you to keep that. I want you to take that money back from having to pay to do a fucking open mic. Those Thank people you. can go to hell. Yes. Exactly. You know what? That's You're good. How much station? did you just give him? I gave him ten bucks. So if it if it was ten, it covers him. It covers it. And if it was five, then it covers yeah. you and another oh, person. Shit. And oh, I shit. really appreciate that. You know what? Uh, That's a cool thing you did because you're absolutely right. You put your money where your mouth is. I go, if you can't do it from a labor of love charging, it's never. How, so how do all the places that don't charge do it? You really go find out, you cheap fuck. Right? Jesse told me that. Jesse told me last night that they lost their venue because the venue. Yeah. Skin told tag them ref- that they had to charge the comics to do it is like. You're going to take $100 from the brokest people in L.A.? They refused to charge people to do the open mic, so they lost their venue. And that's why we ended up at Braindead Studios. But um, Am I talking out of school? Sometimes is it necessary? No, it's not necessary. If you're that close, then just don't do it. So no, it's not necessary. Yeah. It's not it's necessary. It's 100% not necessary because you're selling drinks to those same people. Yeah, yeah. we're and all are coming to see, the, to see that show, drinks. and they're buying drinks. You're all the comedians, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, the comedians are buying drinks. Don't worry. Yeah, you don't need. A, you don't need to charge us a cover to. It just has no. It has no respect at all for comedy. You know, you can tell. I told my brother this once. You can tell You're when lying. a club owner respects comedy by little things, decisions they make. Like there used to be comedy at this place called the M Bar, and a lot of times you could do comedy at a bar. It's packed every week, packed, and it's never been packed. But you go to the bar and they treat you like they really are annoyed you're there. But the M Bar wasn't like that. The owner of that place and the bartenders valued you. You went up to the bar. You wanted something to eat. They were like, treated you like, you're on the show tonight. You're the reason this is packed. And that's why that place probably did really well when they go, yeah, well, it's crowded. And what you, happened and to that bar? It burnt to the ground. <laughs> no, did it close? Like, I, re- I remember... Because a lot of what happened at the M-Bar... It moved, moved to, to the Largo. UCB. You, uh, no, no, not the M-Bar. That was Largo, went to the Coronet Theater. But the UCB went to... The, the M-Bar went to... UCB. UCB. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, what do we do to close? Did the M bar close? The M bar eventually did close. It's sti- after the after that night left it after the the uh, whatever that night was what called. It was called Uncabaret. No, that no, not not that there. Wasn't that? No. That's it was it was closed back on. <laughs> no, there was there was a, there was something called the Uncabaret. There was, and that was a really cool alternative scene. That and was I'm over. To yeah. It's, it's not like there's been a book about this. I'm just trying to remember from various. Podcasts. What is Scott? Scott, the, the podcast, real quick, ben I'm ben. sorry. 
What? Bang Bang. Comedy Bang. Comedy, comedy bang, bang Bang. Before Comedy Bang Bang, there was Death another Ray. name. Death, Death, Com- Ray was at Death Ray was at the M Bar. Okay. So M Bar did comedy, but Death Ray was a specifically, uh, they, they cultivated an audience on a specific night, and Death Ray cultivated that audience. So once Death Ray went over to the UCB, the M Bar kept doing comedy. They didn't just stop it right away, but I think that Death Ray left. That was their staple. And there were some great shows. I mean, there, there. But there's still places like that. That's why it's fun to find them. And you don't have to say comedy's not what it used to be. You just got to go find it. It's it's pretty much the same, only better. If you go, if you know where to look, and you're not angry. If you're angry at comedy, you're not going to go. Who's going to even want you around? Yeah. People show up. I want to see what goes on here with a scowl on their face. Go there. Be excited for people. Even if people don't do that well, be excited for them. Right. Because they're going out and right. they're getting up on stage the and they're next, getting better. The next one will. Or whatever. It's like, if it, The worst, it's five minutes. First of all, that night, there was nobody worst. Everybody was great. Yeah. Everybody was good. Yeah. Tr- truly, if you go to a place where people are, I don't know, just uh, the open mics, I... I, and I'm talking about the open mics more in Cincinnati, where it's like I would go and I would be so depressed because I would see these people just say the absolute like worst like dark. I was like, you just need to go to therapy. Like you don't need to do stand up. You just need to talk to someone. You know what Bill Donahue said, but not about comedians. But it addresses what you just said. He goes, yeah. the most dangerous people, and I, it's a three parter. So, and I think it appeals to people overwhelmingly. But when you're a comedian, it's more dangerous because you have a microphone. Mm-hmm. People that are angry. And they think they know what they're angry at. And people that are angry and they don't know what they're angry at, but they think they do. And that's that w- most that comedians. No, that no, was, no, no. No, no, no. That was me until like 24. Oh, oh, yeah. So they're angry I went to therapy. and they don't know what they're angry at. That's yeah. think would be the end of it. They're angry, but they don't know what they're angry at. Okay, that's already bad enough, but they think they do, so they're not even attempting to figure out why. And it's usually like these guys that think they're angry at women. Like, if you just did a little work on yourself, you would go, You're probably, this is something, this is, you got to figure out why you're angry. And it's really affecting your comedy when you're up on stage every night talking about what makes you angry, and you're way off. You're way off. And anybody watching you from a place of love can go, Oh, you don't know what you're angry at. Right now, I don't know what to do because I went. I started going to therapy in 2015 to deal with why I was angry all the time, and then the world became a place I should be angry at a lot, and I, and I was fighting it, not fight, not fighting it, but I was like, I don't have it anymore, and I should be angry. Like, there's a lot of shit to be mad about now. Like, like, and I know what I would be mad about now, but I, I like, I pushed it, I like repressed that. It used to be the only emotion I could show, and now it's the one that I try not not to have the most. Right. And it's so I have to eventually I'll figure out the balance and I'll figure out when, like it's okay to be angry right now. It's a work in progress. Yeah. You're allowed. There are times when you're allowed to be angry. No, you're. Al- I I think you should. I mean, as long as it's not you know endangering anyone, you should express any emotion that you feel come your way. I think repressing anything is only going to lead to, like, worse. I mean, as far as the anger goes, it should endanger, as long as it endangers the correct people. Yeah. You know, I I will say that I I corrected myself a few months ago. It has to do with what you just said. It's not that someone could go, well, if your comedy is angering people or making people sad, maybe it's not good. I don't agree with that. History will decide. Because I'm sure when you do jokes about not believing in a traditional God or making fun of the Catholic Church, that angered people. 
So the question is, you're always going to anger people. Okay, so what's the difference? But you're going to hope when 10 years rolls around, you angered, for lack of a better way to say it, the right people. Yeah. If it was 1968, where you were you angering the people that thought black people shouldn't marry white people? Or were you angering the people that thought they should? You know, yeah. you, 30 years later, if you get to tell your grandchildren, who did your jokes annoy? Well, there were a lot of people that thought that black people shouldn't marry white people. And what did your jokes do to them? They hated my jokes because your jokes were progressive. So it that's... Yeah, it was a big realization, I think, for me over the pandemic where I not just came to terms with the fact that, like, I wanted to transition, but also to the fact that, like, you know, I wanted to do jokes that were, like, that were for other, like, I didn't, I was okay with not being liked by everyone in the audience, you know? Like, like if somebody came to a show and didn't like my jokes or didn't like what I was talking about, the fuck off like i don't know it's like i didn't i didn't need to make everyone happy i just needed to make myself happy when i walked away from the stage wow that's that's really that's to be a, heard because that that is uh, it's amazing that you that you sorted that out so quick and it'll make you and by the way there's a big difference with what you said at least my perception you you can care about doing a good job you show up on time you have your you don't want to do a good job oh, but you course. don't you can't worry because you know what one night, a friend of mine asked me, like, sometimes why I don't talk about uh, being gay on stage. And I don't a lot. And, I, and, and somehow I came up, I go, well, if I don't think the crowd likes me, I never go into that. And he goes, really? I go, yeah, because I don't want him to be like, oh, you know. I don't care if 25% the audience, if it's 10%, whatever it is, at least 10%. Like, I'm not trying to be negative. But at least 10% of the audience, if you were, even in this day and age. I would imagine, or five percent. I don't give a. Sh it's like, oh, they, eh, they might not like you as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to tell them if I was doing poorly. And you're saying, obviously, the, you're going. You're you have to be brave enough to go. Okay, get over that, right? Yeah, I think you know people might try to like describe, but like comedy is, you know, your art and it is your expression. And you get a chance to be on stage and talk about what's really like important to you what's affecting you or w just your general thoughts and like you know obviously your goal is to make the audience laugh but i think at the end of the day like at least for me i want to be like proud of what i did and if i bomb then you know that sucks but at least like i didn't punch down on people that i care about or whatever you know at least I uh, pushed the ma uh, pushed the agenda mm. forward. Right, it's better to. No, bomb. you're you're saying stuff that I love. You really, you know, because a confrontational person. Did you grow up confrontational, Todd? Was Hitler confrontational? Oh my no. god. No, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I guess some people would say, would say I'm uh, com confrontational, but uh, but but nevertheless. Uh, I can tell you. I can tell you about like from my experience. My my dad was a very, very angry person. That was the only emotion I ever saw him express. I didn't realize it until much later, until I was like 35. But it's the only emotion I ever saw him express, anger. He was a very angry person. And, and his anger felt violent. Whether it was or not, there were occasional moments where it was, but the anger itself felt violent. Huh. And that made me become very confrontational. Like I am not, I'm not afraid to get hit. 
I don't think I don't think I'll win the fight, but I'm not afraid to lose. I am. I'm petrified. I feel. But I feel like this goes back to sort of what we were talking about earlier, where it's like we we tell people that they we tell especially men like young men that they have to fit into a box where they can only express certain emotions and. A lot of times, the only emotion they're allowed to express is anger. Like, yeah. you have to, like, hit something. Or, like, you can't just, like, cry. Or you can't just, like, let it out. You can't just be sad about something. You can't just, like, be expressive about something. Right? So I, I rebelled against that. I rebelled against him for 35 years before I learned that the only emotion I could express was anger. I didn't, I didn't know it. Yeah. I didn't mean to. But as soon as I learned and started going to therapy and whatever, I figured I figured out how to do it, and and it doesn't like I can get angry now, and it doesn't ruin my day. Like, so you're, we're both, so we're from Ohio. From when Ohio. it when it rains in Ohio, that's it for the day. That's it for when the. When it rains in LA, it'll yeah. be the nicest day you've ever seen in an hour. Yeah, it's all green. And that's how you have to like. That's what happened to me. I went from when I get angry, that was it for the day. Yeah. And now I'm like, it is here where, like, if I'm mad about something, I'm mad about it for the appropriate and effective amount of time. And it doesn't ruin my day. I lost what I was going to say, but it did turn me very confrontational. So I would, it turned me into a lightning rod where I would make him point it at me instead of my brother or my mom. And I took, I would take that on stage. So I don't mind. If everyone in the crowd hates me, I don't mind if half of them hate me. Mm. I'll take it. I fucking want it. Like if what I said made you that mad, you fucking deal with it. I'm not dealing with it. Cause that's what y'all said. If people don't like what you're doing, that means that you're probably doing something right. Right. The Most last, of the time. The last. Time, <laughs> Unless everyone doesn't like. Well, no, because here's what happens when the people that do do have bad behavior. Well, like we said, history writes it. But I like what yeah. you said because you know what? There's so many. I mean, look, I could talk about comedy forever, but the um, what you said will make you a better comic about wanting to be proud to look back. And that's a sensible way to look at it. And a friend of mine told me, I go, don't my comedian friends look at the mistakes we made from the 80s and 90s and go, God, we can... She goes, you think they do, but they don't look at it at all. And I go, that made me feel better because it made me... Go, not better, but like, don't they're not even thinking about it. Like what you just said, with the perspective to go... Yeah, I want to look back. So think about what you're saying. Words are powerful. You're going to make mistakes. But here, here's, I like when I clean things up. You're going to make mistakes. And fair people are going to give you wiggle room. You might may pretend you make one mistake and everyone comes after you. But the truth of the matter is it's usually after people make a hundred mistakes and plow past them with no humility. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make mistakes. But if you, if as long as it doesn't look like you plowed past them with just no regard for just you're going to make mistakes but you shouldn't make egregious mistakes yeah I, and you know like as long as we're talking about comedy like comedians are just people like it's just one person like you know people can put all the accolade or perspective on them that they want but it's just like you are just one person with your own experiences and if you get stuff like everyone gets stuff wrong and sometimes you're going to talk about it in your stand-up and you're going to fuck up. Yeah. Um, but I think if you take the critiques and you and you listen to people and you evolve, you can be like, oh, my stand-up is better now. And I feel that way about yes. like, the stuff I was doing early on. I'm like, oh, I would never say any of that now, but I'm really proud of the fact that I can look back on that and say, 
okay, well, I evolved from that. Like, I changed. That's you, that. Look, people should relish that they evolve. When you evolve, it means you don't have to hate your old work, but you go, it doesn't have to be social or political. It can be just like, oh, that I wouldn't do that joke. That was I wasn't being very genuine. I wasn't being honest. I was still putting on a facade. I didn't really feel that when I said it. You grow, yeah, and that's a good thing. That means your comedy is getting... That means your comedy's getting better. Yeah, I was talking exactly like Mike Verbiglia. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, it, and you grow out. And, and by the way, a lot of people... <laughs> did you did you have a phase where you felt you talked like Mike? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think when I first started, I was doing, like, very close. I used to... I talked like Paul Reiser. Yeah, I, I think I did. I think I did Mike. I think I did... Um, I think I did John Mulaney. Um, I, I was doing like, cause I I used to like listen to all the all yeah, the yeah, comedy yeah. albums, and I had heard both of yours too. Um, like back when I was just like listening to Pandora Radio, and I would just listen to every comedy album, and I had just like took all their delivery and I copied so many of them for different. Yeah, shows. and you know what? It's not an excuse, but I will say this: maybe people noticed it about me because I developed a different relationship. I definitely was influenced. I was sixteen. But um, I've seen a lot of comedians that might be influenced. But if they're funny and I can tell they're funny and they're funny off stage, you go back to that same town three years later, then they got they found their footing. Yeah. So I don't write somebody off just because just because you go, oh, they're a little heavily influenced by Todd Barrier this year. Oh, give them time; they might grow out of it. And if they don't, they don't. But a lot of times they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm you're you're figuring it out. Figuring know? it out. Yeah. I worked in a Shreveport once, and on my way to Shreveport, I wrote a joke in my head. It had three beats, only three. And then I get there and I do it that week, and and the only those three beats. But over time, it became a whole different thing. The next time I went to Shreveport, the same guy hosted, and he did the he did that bit I wrote with those same three beats. Do you remember that joke? Uh, there was a story of a guy in like Des Moines or whatever, where he was like he all he did was steal jokes, and then. Foxworthy went through, and then the next time Foxworthy went through, the guy did did want to hit Foxworthy's bits, and Foxworthy was like, "That's my bit," and that guy goes, "Oh, you're who I got that from?" <laughs> so, wow, that guy. Uh, I, I'm not even gonna go. At least he's honest. Who is this guy? Sounds like I don't remember. Guess what? We have to go to close. Oh, we have to close. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I'm drunk. No, we're just we did two hours and forty two minutes. Been talking really? For, wow. Well, we wow. took a break, so it's two and a half hours. We've done this long. If okay. we, when I say we're going to close, it's like I just want to be thoughtful as I go to close. Are you a good? I'm good. I, I, I think I've said everything I need to no, say. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, all you are is you. Don't worry, you're great. Now, do you have yeah. any more perspective on trans people, Jeff? No. Yes. Why are we, why do I don't you, have any. How are you not any. hungry? Uh, I've had. I so you're not hungry. Anything. Look at me. I would say I've had about a bottle of wine by now. I think Jeff's hungry. What's this? Hold on. Give me a second here. See the politician. See him kiss the baby. See him help the little old lady cross the street. See the politician. I don't even know what this is about, but I love it. See him making speeches. Telling him everything's creamin' peaches, ain't he sweet? Oh, see the 
politician He says he can save a nation He's the link between salvation and defeat Alright, I'm just being silly now Yeah, I don't want to embarrass myself You guys could be like, this is the classic song everyone knows no, I never so heard of it I, I, I looked up Wait, with you... I, I heard it because uh, John Davidson used to have a talk show when I was growing up as a kid, and I looked up his songs, I'm like, and he's singing it. And I don't even know what he's singing, but it seems like it's so 60-ish. Like, I could picture the dances people were doing on the stage. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Like a very, like, a parody of the 60s of uh, Sonny and Cher or something like that. Yeah, yeah like, All right. like, like the beginning of an Austin Powers movie. Right. <laughs> Stop! All right, does anybody have any questions before we say goodnight? <laughs> Hayden, thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy to be here. It's great. It's fun meeting new people. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, Jeff, sure thank you for for uh, for introducing us. Yeah. Oh no, it was my pleasure. Cincinnati, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let. Uh, I interrupted you, but I think you got out what you wanted to get out. I did, I did. Do you have Jeff anything, interrupted you. Do you have anything you. to plug? Oh, yeah, do you? Do I have anything to plug? Oh, you can you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Hayden underscore Johnson um, and at the Elysian Theater. Just uh, go to a show there. If you want to see the type of comedy where people are excited about it, go there. You know, you know what I'm going to say also? Something about, I, th I think, like I said, I do think this is, says a lot. That... I heard a comedian a long time ago t talking about he's opening up for someone on the road. So probably playing like big 3,000 theaters, 4,000, 5,000 theaters. And he doesn't think he's insulting this person. He opens up for them. He's just talking. He goes, yeah, today a lot of crowds, they heckle. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, ho ho hold on here. Because I open up for acts too. I'm not even complimenting myself. These are people I open up for and the audience they draw. It's a compliment to Jim Gaffigan's audience, Sarah Silverman's audience, whoever, Pat Oswalt, people that I've opened up for. And um, I'm sitting there. I didn't say it because I'm not argumentative, but I thought, oh, no, that's their audience. That's their audience. Don't, don't act like, oh, dissertation on comedy because it's very hard to go to correct someone that goes, oh, audiences today heckle. And imagine someone being so self-aware they go, actually, that's my audience that heckles. I went to see Sarah Silverman and these other few acts, they don't know, just my audience. But you don't want to have that self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I think people that feed that type of misinformation, whether it, whatever it is over the years, whatever group's struggling, they're there to make it harder, that that audience would heckle. Because you think, come on, Todd, how are you tying in people's views being narrow-minded to maybe being the type of audience that would heckle? Oh, absolutely, I will, and I think I do it cleanly. There's a matter of respect, whether it's for the arts or this person's struggle, and less people heckle when you don't feed these people, and that's why they heckle, because, oh, it's funny, people, the, the comedian they're coming to see argues to this day that we should use the word retarded, that that's what they're, they're going, I'm not giving that up. And that audience, 3,000 people, comes to see them, you don't think those people might heckle a little more because... Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you're you're heckling because you're not willing to listen to another person earnestly, and no respect for boundaries and dignity, and like because you yeah. would think, well, why would they cause you problem if they defend the word retarded, and and the audience doesn't mind? Okay, everything's great, but you end up with an audience that heckles. You might not want to take responsibility for that, but those type of people, when you feed them, 
I notice those audiences do. They heckle when I and the when you have people that that have an act of kindness or a musician. I went to see Ezra Furman and I looked around the audience or Orville Peck. We went. And me and my ex looked into the crowd and we're just overwhelmed with. See, when you sing about this, look what comes to see it. You're enveloped with just people that might not be perfect by far, but there's still a warmth that envelops you. And that's what I would want to work for. And it's overwhelming and you feel it. And those people tend to not heckle as much. So you're going to have a more respectful audience. And that's uh, with some science. Every, everyone gets the audience they deserve. Right. And right. is bad. Wow. You earned it. Well. I agree more. Everybody, thank you. I thought we, I really enjoyed this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Is there anything we can go to close on? Hold on, give me a second. What's me this? Too. Well, thank you. This is my favorite song. <laughs> no, I'm gonna let you pick a song. Uh, that's you, my, that's the song I pick. Are you, you kidding? Honest. Let's go. All right, there we go. <laughs> Did I play the right one again? What's this? Oh yeah. No, I don't know what the other one was. <laughs> There we go, there we go. Alright, bye everybody. Wow. Alright, Aristotle, fade into Mr. Rogers. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. Not the way you do your hair But it's you I like The way you are right now The way down deep inside you Not the things that hide you Not your toys They're just beside you But it's you I like Every part of you your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new. And I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like, it's you yourself, it's you, it's you, it's you I like. It's you I love.